welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Welcome, <laughs> now welcome, to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. From what I understand, uh, someone please jump into comments real quick and let me know if you can hear me, all right, so I know that I'm broadcasting. I want to welcome you to the show. Looks like we're having a little bit of issues, but we'll work around it. We don't always do it pretty, but we always do it, right? So I want to welcome you to the show. It's going to be a fantastic evening tonight. We have some stuff to go over first, and um, we've got we've got some new things we're going to be doing on my page as well. This year is going to be all about me pushing you around, pushing you out of those comfort zones, mixing up your lines, handing you a crayon, you know, a brand new crayon. You know, I'm going to have you drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> um, but really doing some fun things with our writing this year. And, and so I've been working on all of that. And I've got one that I was actually going to try to get it, but then the idea ran away with me, and I didn't get it ready because I just thought about, like, literally, I could could post it right now. But, of course, now I have these pictures, these graphics in my head and all this fun way I want to do it. So, yeah, that's going to have to wait until I get all that done. But I did post, the whole thing that even started that was I did post on my page today, on my Facebook page. And if you're not on my Facebook page you can find me under first name Nyla, N-Y-L-A, like New York, Los Angeles, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a friend's request, jump on my page. There's In my photo albums, there is an album that is nothing but prompts, the prompts that I use every week on our little miniature workshop that we do at the beginning of the show. So if you're ever sitting there and wondering what can I write about, and uh, you need some ideas, and you you know you really can't call in and listen to the show and listen you know we have years of prompts on this show in the first 15 minutes of the show. So if you ever get stuck, you can do that. But if you find yourself where you can't, you can jump on my page, jump on that album, and there's all these lists of prompts that I've given out. So you can find all kinds of things in there, and I have some other uh, poetry prompt things on in my on my page too that you guys can utilize if you would so desire as a tool for your inspiration. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, it's going to be a great night tonight. I want to give you the number to call in if you'd like to call in. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. I'm still kind of looking to make sure that we are broadcasting now, that you guys can hear me. And I'm not sure if the chat room is up and working yet. If you have the page open and it's not, just refresh it. This is a big systems update on the computer, so yeah, if that's not working, just just refresh it. And if you do refresh it, then uh, should the chat should pull up, uh, pull up with the archive player. But if you're in chat, if you get in chat, somebody please let me know that I am broadcasting, so I'm not sitting here talking to myself like a silly girl. Anyway, 646-595-3965 will be the number to call in if you'd like to read tonight. We have some things we want to go over before we get the show started, though. And the first thing I'd like to do is announcements. 
we were talking um, since the first of the year, we've been talking about what your goals are as a writer, things you would like to accomplish, accomplish this year. And there were some pretty lofty goals. And I want to remind everybody, you know, set realistic goals. Set easy goals. Everyone tells you to reach for the stars, and that's great. You can reach for the stars as long as you set realistic goals on how to get there. All right? So set realistic goals. You know, somebody came on and said, I'm going to write 20 poems every single day this year. And it's like, no, you're not. You know you're not. You're not going to do that. And if you do, then by God, I bow down to you. But life doesn't let us do things like that. That's a very ambitious goal. And what happens when, and you always hear people tell you, you know, push yourself, reach ambitious goals, you know, but that isn't human nature. Human nature is very predictable. What happens when we do that, and it's all great on an inspirational poster, uh, you know, but I'm much more realistic than that. I want to see you achieve. And you don't do that by doing your hurrah, yay, New Year's resolution, I'm going to do this, and a month later you know you don't do them. How many, how many New Year's resolutions have you actually kept in your life? All right, so I, I want to give you the tools you need and the mindset that you need to do that. So when I was talking to them, I told them, instead of writing 20 poems every single day, why don't you do our writing assignment we do? What's that? And we'll get into that, and I'll finish telling you about that because that will be a better segue when I do it at the end. It was basically telling them to write a haiku every day. And I'll get to that part of our workshop here in just a bit. But that's a realistic goal, right? You're not going to sit down every single day this year for 365 days in a row and write 20 poems. You would burn out. It would not be healthy for you to do that as a creative person because then it becomes a chore. When something becomes a chore, when we get bored with it, we lose interest in it. Think about that. So when we sit there and we're thinking we're having writer's block, we're not having writer's block. It's because we're boring ourselves. What are we boring ourselves with? Look at the situation. Look at the, you know, what's changed, what stayed the same, what can you do, what can you mix up? All right. So we're going to get all into all of that in just a minute. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to mix myself up too bad. So anyway, if you're interested in putting together, we had lofty goals. Baby bites getting there, baby steps getting there. You know, and that was the point. Set realistic goals for yourself that you're going to reach because then when you reach them, instead of writing 20 poems a day, if you write a haiku a day, you are going to have a victory every single day because 17 syllables a day is easy to do. And so instead of, instead of having all that pressure weighing you down, oh, pin in the chest, You're going to have all these little days of these amazing victories. And because you're doing that, you're going to reach, you will end up writing more poetry, being inspired better to do more than if you just sat there and put yourself under the pressure of that great big goal. Baby steps. You know, you guys talked to me about a lot of things you wanted to do this year, you know, on the list, talking about books and writing books and, you know, getting this done and that done and, and uh, all those things really help. And if you have goals like that, I really want you to share them with me, especially now at the first of the year since I am putting together all of the stuff that we're going to be doing this year. All right. All of this was supposed to segue into the fact that if you would be interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, all right, you can shoot me a message. On, probably Facebook would be the easiest. Once again, Nyla Alicia on Facebook. Shoot me a message and let me know what you would like to do. 
uh, do a workshop. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these because we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. Most, the most elitist writer could come on here, you know, and learn something from the brand new baby poet. You know, and the baby poet is going to learn something from, you know, the the guy with the the I'm a I'm a writing doctor guy over there in the corner, and all this stuff. So. I'll have something to teach. I'll have something to learn. Your workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. Just basically we'll get started and go till you're done. You can pre-record these on your computer and send me an MP3 file, or you can uh, we can do a, a conference call, and I can record it for you. We can do these, you know, a whole, the whole show live or pre-record whatever you want to do. And while we're talking about this real quick, and I know I'm going through a lot of, I'm jumping back and forth, but that's okay because that's what we do. Um, this idea of bouncing, right? Brainstorming with myself is very scary. Uh, but if you're interested in a workshop, you really don't want to put it on, especially you're, as you're looking at putting together, you know, these step-by-step things you want to accomplish. Like writing, they, someone said they wanted to write a book. How are you going to write a book in a year? That's a great goal, but how are you going to do it? So how are you going to do it? Seriously, how are you going to do that? So first thing you need to do is sit down and write down all the steps that you think it's going to take to get that book out and published, or just at least get it written, or whatever it is you want to do, right? Then you take that list and you put set it aside, and you talk to somebody who's already done what you want to do. All right, Andy, Andy Scott published a book last year. I know he did it. I'm going to ask him the process. And you can sit down with another paper and listen to him and write down his process so you know the steps he had to go through because I guarantee he'll have things you don't have. All right? And then you take that list and you break it down into six sets of two. Every single day or every single month of the year, for the next 12 months, you do two things, two steps to push you closer to that goal. You take those two baby steps and get them done each month. It's a lot more realistic Remember those little victories that keep us going instead of those big dumps when we don't do something and we think we're going to do it and then we get all bummed out and depressed and get mad at ourselves because we oh, didn't write 20 clubs a day. Right? So no, we're not doing that. So every single month, right, two things you can do to step yourself closer to that goal. By the end of the year, through your baby steps, through your small victories, you've just went through an amazing process that was creative and inspiring and accomplished your goal. Right? So anyway... Workshops, if you want to do them, let me know. If you, you don't want to do them but you want one done on something, let me know. And we'll get those set up because a lot of you do have some pretty cool goals for writing this year. Some of you have some for recording things, putting palms to music. How do you do that? I don't know. I could tell you. No workshop. Um, but anyway, so yeah, let me know if you want to do that. The next thing I want to do real quick, guys, and this one's really important to me and so near and dear to my heart. You you know, you guys just know. Maybe you don't know, but you probably do know because you've been listening to me for 15 years. I want to take a minute and thank, especially as we're coming to the end of our 2021 broadcasting year, I want to thank, take a moment and thank all of our sponsors like we do on every show because they are important. The people who stepped up to the plate and helped cover a portion of our 2021 broadcasting license and kept us on the air last year, you know, a, a time when we really needed this place. You know, for a lot of us, this this was just yeah, yeah. So, those sponsors for the year, and I want to make sure we get them out because we're like I said, we are at the end of our 2021 broadcasting year. We're going to be doing the fundraiser for our 2022 year 
broadcasting license for the year here next week. I've got uh, all the stuff almost all set up and ready to go, so we'll be starting that really soon. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can. Sh- and before I get that information up, you can shoot me a message, and I'll let you know what that entails. And we're going to do some fun, a little bit different than the way we did it last year. I'm going to do like a, a giveaway for the sponsors, um, a drawing or something like that. I'm not sure yet how that's going to work, but yeah, we're going to do that because it's just going to make it that much more fun. But anyway, our sponsors for our 2021 broadcasting year are Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Collickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darlene Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, Love Raymond. Paul Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Till. You guys, if you haven't uh, sent a message over to Karen, check on Karen. She's been having a pretty rough winter health-wise. She could use some cheering up. Karen DeWitt, because we love her. She's amazing, and she does so much for our poetic community. So, yeah, just, just check in on her. Let her know you're thinking of her. Larry Teal. Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, and for those of you that wanted the update, Christopher Ryan, who ran his car into the river, the car is totaled, the water, all it all sucked up in the engine, so that's going to be fun for him, uh, but I keep getting emails from you guys asking, what happened when after Christopher drove his car into the river? That's what happened, guys, he ruined his car. He's fine, though. Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, Barbara Cope Wilson. And also, donations were made in the memory of Cherry Rose, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Steele, Rick Smith II, and King's Cadence. So that's it, guys, our 2021 sponsors. Thank you. Thank you so much, all of you, for chipping in to helping keeping this community alive. And after 15 years of being on the air, um, it really, really is something else to see what this has grown into and what it means to so many of you, this community that you have built. You should be very proud of yourselves. All right. With that said, now get your papers and your pens ready. We are going to, and please write paper and pens. I like paper and pens so much more than typing on the computer. Your brain actually works differently when you write with a pen. I swear to you it's true. All right. So, um, if you guys, hey, if you're still having problems getting into the chat room, just keep refreshing the page. It's going to poke you in. It is open now. We do have it functioning, I'm hoping. But it looks like right now it's just me and Gregory hanging out in there. Hey, Gregory, good to see you, hon. Um, and once again, the number to call in 646-595-3965 if you're trying to get in and get in fast. Busy signal, just keep trying. I do have some of you. I see some of you on here. So they do have some of the lines up and running. Normally we have 200 lines coming into the show, and right now we have 10. So... That was my announcement. All right, so time for inspiration from the inkwell. Dun, dun, dun. I should get some segue music going there. So, pen, paper. What we're going to be doing is starting off with your poetry prompts for the week. Now, remember, prompts are like seeds planted. I'm blowing little dandelion fluffs into the wind. Where they land, what they grow into, that's after I'm... No, that's that's up up to y'all. So... The only stipulation is keep in mind that poetry prompts are meant to grow into poems. All right. With that said, 
Your prompts can be a line in your poem. It can be a title of your poem. It can be the, the, a line in the concept of or the title of your poem. Whatever you want to do. After, whatever you do after that, that's entirely up to you. But, yeah, it needs to be a line in your poem, title of your poem, or the concept of your poem. So number your paper 1 through 12. Number one, regrowing wings. Regrowing wings. Two, laughed every goblin. Laughed every goblin. Something not known to anyone at all. Something not known to anyone at all. Four, more than dead lions more than dead lions. Five, watercolor vision. Watercolor vision. Six, throwing timid arrows. Throwing timid arrows. Seven, running with scissors. Running with scissors. Eight, like a lily in a flood. Like a lily in a flood. Number nine, flesh glazed with flame. Flesh glazed with flame. Ten, what's under the labyrinth? What's under the labyrinth? Eleven, as the moon opens its cold, patient eye. As the moon opens its cold, patient eye. And number 12, I never dreamed it came bottled. I never dreamed it came bottled. All right, there you go. That's your 12 prompts for the week. Now, next we are going to be doing, oh, remember with those, by the way, you can write one poem to each prompt and come up with 12 poems if you want. You can mix and match them. You can use, like, line six with line four and jump up and grab line one and then get number, uh, what, let's, let's throw in number nine there. No, no, let's make it 11. All right, mix and match them however you want. Or you can get real froggy. And you can write a poem using all 12 prompts in the same poem. And though they are not a theme, they are. I do try to put these together very loosely in a way that perhaps they could be woven together if you use your imagination. All right. So one poem per prompt, mix and match, or use all the lines in one poem. Next, we're going to be doing your writing exercise. And one of the things that I do is I match or I mix your, your, the 12 prompts that I just gave you. You're going to be using in all three exercises. Okay, it's much easier, I believe, when the things that you are doing feed each other. And it's much less daunting or overwhelming task when you think about it and get started. You're much more apt to finish if they all feed each other as opposed to doing three separate different tasks that make your mind go in three separate different places. I really want all of this inspiration to flow into each other. So the 12 prompts that I just gave you are very important because they will be used in your next two uh, portions of the workshop as well. If you didn't happen to get those or if I get rambling and get you confused, don't worry, you can come back after the show's 
over and listen to the first 15 minutes and start and stop the broadcast of the, po- the podcast, the broadcast <laughs> at your leisure, and uh, write to get those written down. So you know, don't panic too much if you didn't get those. So the writing exercise that we're going to do, and this is probably where you want to start when you sit down to write. This is what you want to start. Take your 12 prompts and do this before you sit down to write a poem to them. What this exercise teaches you is that it's much more important what you do with a prompt before you write to it than what you do write to it. We all have muscle memory, knee-jerk reactions to things. We can't control it. It is learned behavior. All right? So if I look at you and I say something like summertime, and we were doing this as a speed writing exercise, and I told everybody, sit down and write a poem to the prompt, summertime. I will guarantee you that probably about 85% of the poems would have very similar or mirroring content within them. Because we grab a hold of that first bit of inspiration that gets us, and we take off and running, and we think that's our muse saying, oh my gosh, grabbing your brain and running away with you and we get all lost in our writing and oh my gosh, I'm going to just write a poem. That's not what's happening. That's your muscle memory. That's your brain being lazy. Sometimes it's your muse, but not all the time. I want you to slow down. I want you to think about what you're doing. I want you to think about the prompt before you write to it. There's a reason that, I mean, think about how many people throughout our history have been writers. Why do we, re- we remember the ones that we remember? We remember them because they write things differently. We, they write things in the way we wish we could see them or say them or write them. Because there's something unique there. That's what this exercise teaches you to be. That's the voice it teaches you to have. One that is totally, 100% uniquely yours. All right? So skip over those, those knee-jerk reactions. Slow down before you write. And think about what you're writing. Ponder for a moment. Take the roller skates off your muse. Take a walk. Get ink between your toes together. So what I want you to do with this is I want you to number your paper. Or actually, no, you're not numbering your paper. You already did that. I want you to go to a clean page. And at the top of the page, I want you to write the first prompt, which in this case was Regrowing Wings. So you would write Regrowing Wings at the top of your page. And then underneath of it, instead of writing a poem, what I would like you to do is write at least six different poems you could write to that prompt. So, you know, stereotypical, what's the first thing that we're thinking of when we think about regrowing wings? We think about maybe an angel who ripped their wings off. We've all seen those those little, you know, cute little gothy images of the broken fallen angel. You know, that would probably be the first thing that would come to most of our minds is, is an image like that. But what else could it stand for? What other poems could you write? What other points could you make? What else could it be the face for or the voice of or the example of or stand in for? So instead of writing a poem to it, before you do anything else, I want you to take each of these prompts, starting out with the first one, then going to the second and the third, 
And for each one, I want you to go all the way down to number 12 and write at least six different poems. If you do more, that's fine, but write at least six different poems you could write to that one prompt. Don't overthink them, but push yourself. Okay? Write at least six different poems that you can write to each of these prompts. And I will guarantee you something. If you do this assignment, you're going to find out what true inspiration feels like. Not the kind that just jumps out, not the, not the knee-jerk poems, but, but the real muse, the high of the real muse. Because you will not be able to get through this exercise of writing six poems or six poem ideas to each of these 12 prompts without one of those ideas grabbing a hold of you and you're going to be off and writing something. One of them is going to get you. One of them is going to make you start writing. And it's going to be something different than you would normally ever write. It's going to have a different voice, a different flavor, a different ear. But it's the real one. It's your voice. Not the voice of everything that has been programmed into us. You have to search beyond those things. All right. So guarantee you, 100% guarantee you, I put one of my quill pens. I make dip pens, ink pens. I told you I like paper and pens. I actually love writing with quills that you dip in, in ink. So if somebody can do this, then you have to be honest because I'll know if you're lying. Because most of the time while you guys are sitting there and writing, I'm outside your windows with my, you know, I'm, I'm checking, you know, checking, making a list and checking it twice, seeing who's doing their homework. <laughs> that kind of sounds kind of stalkery. I don't really do that. Um, but yeah, there's no way that any of you, you know, if you if you can get through this thing without writing a poem, through all six for each twelve, then come and tell me. I'm that confident. It's, I absolutely guarantee you that human nature is predictable and mind's predictable. You can't do it. It won't happen. You'll be writing something. All right. Now, the next thing we're going to do is that was your. Um, poetry prompts, then your writing exercise, and now we are going to do your writing assignment. And your writing assignment is kind of like, an assignment is when you sit down and you do, you write a poem. That's meant for public consumption. When you're sitting there doing homework or assignments and stuff, that's not meant to be great works of art. They're meant to make, that's, that's your your classes you're doing, those are the things you're doing to teach yourself, to make yourself grow, push yourself out of those comfort zones. All right? So bear that in mind. This is not meant to be a great piece of writing. You have to give yourself permission to sit down and write like crap sometimes and just write for the fun of writing. Because when we take that away from ourselves, once again, it becomes a chore. We won't do it. We won't do the things that make us not happy. That's not the way we were built. All right. So with this assignment, again, we will be use, utilizing the, save, the same 12 prompts that I just gave you. However, with them and this part of the writing assignment, you're not going to be writing a poem at all. You're going to be writing a story. This allows you to write without constraint. It allows you to ungirdle your brain. It allows you to free write and have some fun with an idea without trying to make it dance. You just let the, let the ideas dance in you. And the really fun thing about doing stuff like this is that when you sit down and you're done with your st writing your story, you can go in and start circling lines, underlining things, grabbing pieces you really like, and you usually end up with a pretty good 
poem out of the content. All right? So you'll be using all of the, this week's poetry prompts in addition to the two new lines that I give you, and this is called Beginning to End Storylines. So they are basically the outline for what you're going to write. They are the storyline of your story. And the only stipulation is these two additional things that I'm going to give you, these two additional storylines, one of them has to be the first line in your story. And I don't care which one, either line one or line two. The second one has to be the last line in your story. And all the other prompts, you just fit somewhere in the middle. You weave them into your tail somewhere along the way. All right? So your beginning to end storylines for this week are, number one, I always awake appalled by what I have done. I have always, or I always, excuse me, I always awake appalled by what I have done. And number two, the first thing one must do, I guess, is to decide which door, or which is the door they will enter. The first thing one must do, I guess, is to decide which is the door they will enter. I kind of messed that one up, so sorry about that. My typo. My typo got me. The first thing one the first thing one must do, I guess, is to decide which is the door they will enter. All right, so either that line or I always awake appalled by what I have done. One and two. One of those has to be the first line in your story. The other one has to be the last line in your story. And all the other prompts I gave you earlier, you weave into the middle. All right? So I'm going to run through these one more time real fast. All right? One, regrowing wings. Two, Laughed at or laughed every goblin. Three, something not known to anyone at all. Four, more dead more than dead lions. More than dead lions. Five, watercolor vision. Six, throwing timid arrows. Seven, running with scissors. Eight, like a lily in a flood. Nine, flesh glazed with flame. Ten, what's under the labyrinth. Eleven. As the moon opens its cold, patient eye. And twelve. I never dreamed it came bottled. And you're beginning to end storylines for this week for your story portion of this is one, I always awake appalled by what I have done. And two, the first thing one must do, I guess, is to decide which is the door they will enter. So that's it. That's it for your writing assignments and prompts and and exercises. Remember, we are focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you are not reading more than you are writing, you are doing it backwards. You must have input in order to have output. Then we are also working on learning one new poetry form every single month. There are so many of them, and it just is a fun way for us to play with word games and a fun way for us to grow as a as a poet. So every single month, Google poetry forms, grab one, play with it, have fun with it. And then the next thing is every single day, as I talked about earlier, every single day I want you to go out into the world, and this is writer's discipline. This is probably the one most important thing out of all the things that we talk about on here that you can do as a writer to make sure that you are always growing. All right. 
I want you to go out every single day and I want you to write a haiku poem every single day. As you walk through your day, look, stop, smell, look, touch, listen. Find something during your day that is worth 17 syllables. That's all I'm asking of you, 17 syllables every day. And even when you jot it down, if it's only 10 syllables and you have to go back and have to add seven to make it an actual haiku, that's fine. I don't care. I'm not babysitting you. It's the act of doing it. So every single day, write a haiku poem. Get those thoughts on paper, clean them up later. And remember I talked about baby steps? If you do this for an entire year, at the end of the year, you're going to have 365 haiku poems. You're going to go through that and you're going to pick out between 48 and 60 of those. And you've got yourself a haiku book. And how did you reach your goal? 17 syllables every day. Think that's doable? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it, you guys. That is it for your inspiration from the inkwell. If you missed any of that, come back and listen to the archives, and we can get those uh, get those to you. You can just pull them off of there, or you know, come and grab them off my page once I get them posted. But you won't know when I do that, so you can't do that anyway. So never mind. Forget that part. The next thing we're going to do is we are going to be playing a recording. If you're if you are a recording artist and you have some of your spoken word uh, in MP3 format and you would like to get those to me, you can send them to me. The word that is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, and put audio track or something like that in the subject line for me. It will grab my attention. I can get those uploaded to the show's library, and we can play them for the entire world. All right? If you're not a recording artist, then we will give you the tools that you need to do to do that because everybody should try that. Everybody should bring words into their poetry. It will change you as a writer forever, ever. All right, so the track that I chose to start out the show with this week is Iwin Bedford, and it is called Girl Behind the Mask. Here you go. You're going to love it. behind the mask doesn't understand that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it doesn't matter how many times that I've told her, she still relies on the opinions of people who don't realize that what they see as shy is in fact the feeling of lonely, the feeling of whatever she does is not quite good enough, the feeling of constantly disappointing the people closest who only want to see her happy. But instead they have to watch the deterioration and can do nothing, can do nothing but hope and pray that one day the girl behind the mask can finally say, with content and honesty to herself, I'm happy. I can put these feelings of no self-worth on the shelf and live on and build up my life and repair myself in the past and can finally say to myself that at last I've done it. I've beaten the demons inside my soul, the demons who did nothing but make my thoughts and my life cold, the ones who made me contemplate my life, my confidence, my existence and my future, made me feel hurt that can't be fixed with a surgical suture, the ones who made me panic when I even left my room as if the world was out to get me, as if one day soon my day will come. When I can't take any more, the burden of depression has left me too sore. There's no other option, no other way, it's time. Time to give my life away. The girl behind the mask doesn't see 
that her strength shines so much brighter. You see, the girl behind the mask doesn't know what she's capable of. It's as if she's blind to how happy she makes everyone. Puts a smile on the face of a person feeling down. She's blind to the fact that she can turn a sad day around and make people smile from ear to ear. But when she takes off the mask, she's filled with nothing but fear. Fear of what the next day is going to be for her, as if she's waiting for her sentence and there's nothing but rumours being spread about her. The girl behind the mask is the definition of beauty, the meaning of strength. She needs to know that it's the duty of everyone who cares to help in the fight, to make her realise that her life is her life. To understand there's nothing to be afraid of. She has family and friends who will show the pressure what they're made of. Behind the mask needs to lift her head up and open her eyes and realize that she'll never be alone as much as she may feel it, the pain she's feeling now. Happiness will heal it. So be strong and proud of the person you are. Because with strength and power, the end of these feelings isn't far. And you can smile, sing, dance around and live the life you've been deprived of, the life you haven't felt, the life you've lived contemplating an overdose or a belt. The life you've lived where eating is made a living hell. The life you've lived where everything goes wrong. But I promise that one day you can sing the song of courage and bravery. And you'll be free from the emotional pain of mental anxiety. Stand with me now, girl behind the mask. Listen to these words to yourself, you must ask. Why am I letting this take over? And then look in the mirror and witness your beauty. And as hard as it seems, you need to smile, it's your duty. And then see your pain as an emotional journey. A bumpy ride that as long as it seems, remember that certainly there'll be a destination waiting for you where you can be happy at last. But please be strong. Absolutely love the message in that piece. Fantastic, fantastic artist. You can find him on uh, YouTube. You can check out some more of his work. I went I-W-A-N, Bedford. That one was Girl Behind the Mask. Once again, if you are recording artists and you'd like to have us play your piece on the Speakeasy Cafe, email them over to me, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. You'll get them uploaded and play them for the world. All right, so guys, guess what time it is? It is time to get to our callers, to get to you, the poets, the the magic behind this show. All right, so number to call in if you would like to call in. Once again, 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. I want to go over these things real quick. Uh, so you know what to expect if you are on hold right now. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731. Hi, Michael. 731 is our first caller for the, t- uh, the, the evening, so listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading. It's really important that your name is attached to your work. Right. We, Like I said, we've been on the air for 15 years. That's a lot of shows, you guys. You could go back to 11 years ago in March, the third week of the month, and listen to that. 
and hear uh, hear poems that were read, you know, a bazillion years ago. And if your your name's not on there, how are they supposed to know it's you? You are virtually, literally, verbally publishing your poems right now out onto the earwaves. So make sure you introduce yourself. Make sure you have your name on there. And just my two cents worth, if you use a pen name, which a lot of us did, and especially got us started during MySpace days, all of us used pen names. So if you do use a pen name, put your real name on there too. You know, this is, um, and this is Sincere, or this is Ed McKinney, or this is, you know, Use both your names. All right. So now we do take a hollers and they already call in. Introduce yourself when you call in. <laughs> right now you can read two poems. Uh, if it gets too crowded and they get my phone lines fixed, then we may and the lines get too busy. We may have to cut it back down to one. If that happens on your turn, I am terribly sorry. But right now you're good at reading two poems uh, or one real long one. You decide. You know. You know. You know the right guidelines. When you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. It's real important that people know how to come find you, and we'll be talking about that. Why that is important here soon on another show on one of our workshops. The importance of social networking and why, in this day and age, as a writer, it is an absolute do or die to your writing career. And then remember, as you are coming on to read those two poems tonight, that you can read just about anything. We have a mature rating, so if you can imagine it, you're probably going to hear it here tonight, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you know, no adult porn poems. I don't need to hear the word nipples 500 times to know that it's a nipple, all right? Um, you, know, you know where that line is, so, you know, just don't push past it. So I'm going to set our rating. But other than that, you guys are good to go. All right, I'm going to give the first three callers in the lineup so you kind of have a heads up where you are tonight. Our first caller, as I said, is 731. They will be our first caller, followed by 216 and 219. Oh, that's pretty good. I know, the, I know those three numbers by heart. Well, we'll have Michael, then we're going to have Mama, and then we're going to have Brother O. That's how long I've been doing this. I've got your guys' area codes memorized. Remember Michael when Michael co-hosted with me? He was a master at that. It's like, how do you remember all... It's taken me 15 years, guys, to remember to memorize these area, area codes. Michael knew them all. He was amazing. All right. Now, let's go ahead and grab our first caller. Michael, you are on the air. That's my Captain Kirk. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings from West Tennessee, Nala. Hey, Michael. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing great. Listen, I, I hate to be rude or anything, but I was talking to Chris and Joe Pegg. We were talking back and forth, and we both looked up and went, oh, my gosh, it's time for the show. So I said, well, hang up and call me back on Nala's show. So do you see an 860 area code? Do I see? There is an 860. Well, that's Chris and Joe Pegg. Okay. So do you, are you guys reading together tonight? No, we're not reading together. We're just talking about you. So if you would bring her on. I will bring her on for you. Thank you. Okay, you guys are on. Hi, Nyla and Mikey. <laughs> Hi, Hi, sweetheart. Lisa. How are you? And that's Mikey with right. a Y. I'm doing well. How are you, Nyla? Beautiful show so far. Thank you. Yeah, 
I love all the prompts and advice, and yeah, it's really it's really great. <laughs> well, hopefully, you found something the prompts you're going to run with because there were a couple of them there. I thought I thought about you as I was writing them. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. All right, so Mikey and I were talking, and um, yeah, it was kind of bizarre. Mike can start. Michael can start. Well, I mean, the point I was talking about was was I saw this video, uh, Mary Poppins, dark Mary Poppins, okay, scary Mary, and uh, they kind of rearranged some of the video and, and made it into like a one-minute horror uh, piece that make you see the movie. And it actually made more sense than the real Mary Poppins to me. But when Julie Andrews is, is with doing the umbrella and the thing and twirling in the air coming down, I said, Nala. Nala is again twirling. It's not like a fly and twirl at the same time. Well, I mean, she wouldn't have to climb trees. She'd just levitate right to them. <laughs> and that was, I was in the middle of that when it got to be 630. So what were you going to say about that, Prisha? Um, Yeah, so it's really weird because I think as I was thinking of the show and thinking about Nyla, so I dreamed about you, Nyla, two nights ago. It was so bizarre. What? Yeah, I had, like, this series of different little dreams, and I was, like, it was kind of like, I think I was lucid dreaming. It was lucid dreaming when you're kind of, like, a little bit awake. But So I kept falling asleep into these dreams in the morning. And, um, yeah, I dreamed that you were, and I've only seen, like, your face from your profile picture and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I dreamed that you were, like, you were at a river, and you were bending down, and you were picking up these um you had one stone in each hand that you picked out of the river, and you turned and looked at me, and then you started, like, levitating, like you were an angel, like you were leaving. It was so freaking bizarre. Wow, I'm not playing in any creek beds. What? I'm not playing in any creek beds this year. <laughs> That scared me. You know, it's really weird. When I was a little kid, I read this book on out-of-body experiences that was in a box of books my mom bought in an estate sale or something like that. And I was reading, and it was like a how-to, step-by-step, you know, one of these hippie books, whatever. And so I was reading it, and then I got really scared, and I threw it away because it was just like <laughs> it was just like the, the, all the things you were saying. It was just weird book. And then I started my like. Even to this day, not as often anymore, but especially as a child, I was terrified to go to sleep because I would go to sleep and I would feel my body start to rise. And it would keep rising and I would try to move and it's like sleep paralysis or whatever it was. I don't remember what they called it, but I would try to move. I'd try to scream. I'd try to wake up. I'd try to call somebody, but I couldn't move because I wasn't in my body anymore. My body was just dead weight. And I would float and I would stick to the ceiling. And the windows would start, I was like like going towards the windows. And I would be clawing at the ceiling, terrified, because the window was going to suck me out. And then the window would suck me out, and I would take off flying. But as soon as I got out there, it was like I was Peter Pan. I was so free and excited and used to twirl around and play, you know. So that's weird, the whole levitating thing. That's been like a reoccurring thing. But I like your dream. I'm glad the rocks didn't pull me down. That's much better. And not being yeah, pulled down. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. And I have I have this poem called The Angel of Poetry, 
Mm-hmm. So it was all, it was almost like you were the angel of poetry. And and then mm-hmm. I remember hearing you a couple of weeks ago talking about um, geology, right, and looking for rocks. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like built on that. Because <laughs> I, I asked Mike about that. I'm like, there's a... Uh, not only talking about, because that was the week um, Michael was like, they had snow there or something, and he wasn't on the radio. So you talked about, like, hanging out with coyotes, and then you talked about, because somebody had a coyote and a wolf and a palm, and then you talked about, um, you know, your geological journey. Paleontology, yeah. Yeah. So... I was thinking about that. I'm like, okay, Mike, can you can can you explain <laughs> the coyotes and the the, the rocks? <laughs> I, I you know I that that would be I would love to shoot me a mess. You know, let's let's ha- let's have like a, a verbal girl date someday. Yeah, and you yeah, you can call me I, and we'll just sit and we'll hang out and talk on the phone. We can invite Michael too if we want. He can be an honorary girlfriend for the day. Okay. So, yeah, I'll um, give you my phone number, and if you give me your phone number, and that way if you call me, because you're, you're probably busy here, I don't know. I don't know. I'm working part-time as a floral, like, um, assistant. Really, I'm so happy. It's creative. Oh, my God, it's not a cubicle. But, um, yeah, if we can exchange numbers, and that way whoever calls, the other person will know who it is. So I, I don't okay. really answer calls. Yeah. I understand. I, I do want to talk about the workshop with you, because, I, I, yeah, I definitely need to talk to you about, like, the format and all that. Mm-hmm. I would lo- I would absolutely love that. So, are you guys going to read tonight? Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, you do yours first. Do your angel poem. I want to hear it. Please. Um, yeah, I'll do the angel poem. Um, let me just, Mikey, you go first because I have. I was going to read two dirge poems, so now I'm going to look for the angel poem. Well, we'll do, right your dirge, do your do your do the dirge poems Actually, tonight. No. We'll do Here's angel next angel. week. Here's the angel of poetry. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? And I'll, I'll just Go read ahead. this poem. I'll read this poem because, you know. All right. Angel Poetry this is from 2013. Nights when I'm sleeping in her shoulder blades, her pearl feather wings and necklaces of sentences enfold me so gently that when I wake in her cloud embrace, the dusky skies and sentences do not overwhelm me with how limitless I have become. In half-sleep, her feather wings are starlings hovering above me. One by one, I stroke the soft white feathers, feel the fragile bone, and sear them into memory. The sight of all 12 of them, each by each, wings beating, an excited heart flying into dusky, dusky skies, a temple somewhere so distant from me. I did not speak or sing to her for 16 seasons, four long sunless winters. 1,461 days. I cannot justify, not even to myself. A miracle, when I unleashed her name to the ice cloud sky and she coursed through seas back through me, her sentences spilling from my mouth and me nestled once more in her feather white shoulders. Yes, I had, these, I had been silent for four years and I am sorry for that, but she understood why. Month after month, she stalked me in the two overgrown woods behind my shabby house as if she were tracing the narrowest path of light with her long, delicate finger. I trembled, too insignificant, there amidst the ancient trees and her reckoning, that promise of something I was still afraid of. Now she leaves me at whim. 
not returning for many days or weeks sometimes. I counted many hours but will not total them or admit them to myself. Instead, I await her at night, prostrate, ready for her down feather wings to find me, for the blades of her shoulders and wild sentences to hurt me. And I have to wonder, is this wrong? Once she came to me during an almost moonless night, she appeared crumpled at the window. I helped her inside and then saw the streams of tears pooling in the little bit of moonlight. I sat her on my bed, she and I in quiet shock, her open flower wounds, purple, blue, and red gashes were remarkably clean. I probed her face, but she avoided my colorless eyes. They are for you, she said, before finally meeting my gaze as I towered above her. They are your pain. I bathed her with my cupped hands of seawater and rose hips. The salt burned her open flower wounds. When the deep gashes dried, I wrapped her cut places in gauze, gently, not too tight, calm the whole time, so she would stop shaking. When she was strong enough to leave me, she disappeared. This time, there was an orange book on my kitchen table. The book was tied several times around with a hemp cord knotted over a stone from the sea, a stone I'd seen several times in her odd pocket where her hand would go to touch when she was nervous or afraid. The note I found underneath the book when I lifted it to smell her hair instructed not to open under any circumstances. Imagine the sentences I've written here for you. Sentences and stanzas about you, about us, timeless as stone. Hour upon hour, upon nights of little or no sleep, I formulated her sentences. I knew the cadences and rhythm of her eloquent speech, how she usually spoke in meandering long cascades with a short thought interposed here and there. I'm not sure if those succinct breaks were for her own benefit or for me a resting place after wandering through so many complex syntactical machines. The night she returned, I scrolled the window panes open in my bedroom and cooed to her bird noises. She handed me a large feather pen that she made from a fallen seabird that had misjudged the cliff, its eyes still open and staring at the sky, she said. I hastened her to the meager kitchen table to the orange book, my impatience palpable. She unknotted the stone from hemp. I held my breath as she opened to the first page and quickly turned all the pages with her thumb to expose a lined journal with no writing. Bereft, heartbroken by her betrayal, I expected her to be laughing, mocking me. Write what you burned in your memory, your half-sleep or no-sleep nights. Don't be afraid. We are stone. Then she enfolded me in her cloud, dusty wings, and we slept for an eternity, unafraid of what we had become. A strange dance, music with empty beats at times. The silent beating heart of the starlings that fly from us or the fallen seabird that follows us in our dreams, its eyes still open, asking us to burn into our memory all we have, all our blessings. And peace. Wow. That was absolutely phenomenal. So vivid. So... Animated. So the, 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 
the four years, the 1,461 days, I didn't write poetry. I was stuck in a cubicle. Yep. And people, I hear people talk about that all the time. Like, I haven't written anything in five years. I'm not really a writer. Yes, you are. You know, sometimes life needs us when we have to do other things. We don't do, we don't always do everything all the time. You know, and sometimes I think when people are quiet like that and not writing, it's because they need to slow down and you can't listen if you don't shut up. I I was just, um, I was just like kind of just, I don't know, heartbroken that I was in a cubicle because I was teaching in New York and I came back. I was in high school, camp, ended up there. And like my father worked for an insurance company for 38 years and I sensed he wasn't happy. He wore a student, student tie, you know, he ate the same mm-hmm. thing for lunch every day. And so I think yep. I sensed that. And I just grew up saying, I'm not going to work in an office. I'm going to be a professor. So then here I am in an office, you know, watching the clock. And it just took so much energy out of me. But, yeah, it was just, yeah. It was, yeah. And then Facebook helped. I, I did work on, I finished Maps and Shadows, so that was good. And, yeah, I finished the novel. Um, I was gardening obsessively because I just moved into my house. And I looked at how beautiful it was, and I was in the backyard. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm not going to be in a magazine. Who's going to see this? I have to finish the novel. So I took vacation and finished the novel, put my ass in the chair for eight hours a day, finished the novel. So at least I did that. And, um, yeah, and then I I escaped. (laughs) But Facebook helped me, actually, because <clears throat> I joined Facebook because of the book. You know, someone's like, oh, you need to, my publisher's like, you need to tweet. And then, you know, people are like, get to go on Facebook. And then I saw the poetry there. And my work was really experimental in the 90s, influenced by a couple people in my studies. And then it kind of came back more lyrical because I wanted the audience on Facebook. You know, I felt like I had an audience there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be actually talking about that in more depth, social networking, contempor- what, how, what's important for contemporary writers, for you know, people in, in this time, what they need to do to be a successful writer, as opposed to what maybe writers had to be you know, challenged with in the past. It's completely different now. So you, know, and you yep. bring up the point of the social media, and we're going to be talking a lot about that about how to use use it the right the wrong way how do you use it to meet your goal what is you know what's your goal identify that and then figure out how to you know use the tools you have to help you to achieve those goals but it's way more important than a lot of people think or give it credit for or treat it professionally as it's, it's more more yeah, of a I mean, stomp and spit place than it is a tool to use to you know reach goals and i really want people to understand the importance of of what they can actually do if they want to yeah, and then, um, you know, it's hard to self-promote, right? You have to self-promote. But, like, Michael's a really good um, example. Like, he promotes other people's work. We need to promote other people's work, right? Like, mark of approval. And then I have a beautiful, beautiful community of writers and thinkers and artists. So, you know, some of my friends are, like, you know, especially, like, maybe older, like, oh, it's you know, I think they obsess, like, I have to read everything in my news feed, you know, like, I have 5,000 friends, yeah. I don't read everything in my news feed, you just, you go there, you can pick 30 people that you want to see first, so you don't miss them, 
and you don't sit there all day, you know, you just, yeah. yeah. That's all I'll say. Do you want to do me a favor, my darling? I'll send you my number. No, will you introduce our next caller? Uh, Michael, Todd. Hi, Krisha. Okay. okay. All right, so wait a second. So I just want to say that um, I am on Facebook, Krisha Dopek, um, K-R-Y-S-I-A-J-O-P-E-K, and then added.com for my website where um, that poem is and where I post. It's basically all I post are poems. You know, it's kind of like my poetry blog. So our next, our next caller is a clone. His name is Michael Todd, at least. That's on his document, what he goes by. And uh, he's an amazing man. He's, uh, he's hilarious. And uh, he's got a great poker voice. <laughs> and he's going to read for us tonight. I love it. Thank you, baby. Michael. <laughs> by poker voice, she means I lie a lot and get away with it. <laughs> I've convinced I've convinced her that you carry a lunchbox with you wherever you go, but no one knows what's in it. Me? You? Oh my God! You don't even want to know the truth of that. <laughs> or do you? Don't know? Did I tell middle. you about it? Did I tell no. you? No. <gasps> How do you know that then? I didn't. I made it up. You did not. I did. I have to show you what I carry with me, and you are going to laugh so hard because I know you can't be making that up. You had to know. Everything. That that was weird. You do that later, but let me show you how things work with me, okay? Okay. You're on your messenger. You look to see what I sent you. You look to see that I sent you a link to Maggie Smith Poet, and it's maggiesmithpoet.com, and that's her website, and I'm going to read something about her shortly. But when you scroll down, since you haven't checked your messages in a couple of weeks, there's a picture there. The picture there is taken at the Green Frog Coffee Company. The Green co- that is where you have the T-shirt from. It's up near Union City, Tennessee. That's where the eagles all hang out, real eagles, okay? Aww. And, and when, we did these, when I wrote the eight-part story of Memphis in May, it's mm-hmm. the only time I've ever seen, the only time I've ever seen, um, those birds that that Trisha had in her poem, starlings. Okay, there were starlings in Memphis in May. Okay, it's the only time in, that I've heard it in writing, and, and and I did it. And that is exactly what happened to me last night. I heard somebody say a word, and I'm the only person I've ever heard use it. And it what was the stopped word? me. Sycamore. Sycamore. Ah, sycamore. Yeah, Matt. There's that's a tree. There was a yeah, that's right. There was a live show last night that my buddy Kelly Russie Agadon was in, and I missed it because I was working. And uh, I was checking in with her, see if they were going to replay it, and she gave me the place that they will on YouTube. And I looked, and there was another person, another writer featured on there named Maggie Smith. So I don't know who Maggie Smith is. I've never, heard, I'm not familiar with her. So I Google her takes me she's got some live stuff on youtube the first thing i'm listening to almost immediately sycamore ah just almost lost my mind i did really uh six years ago this month uh i wrote a poem called passion pit and and in this 
in this, uh, there was a live show on stage, and uh, this was in World War One generation, and the girl in the in the show, Melanie Von Stadt, who called herself Melanie Davis because she didn't want to use her daddy's name because she wanted to make a name for herself, Pride. Uh, I had to write a song to fit in there for her to sing on stage. And uh, where I've got, it said in there, this is the part where she's singing the song. She says, sings, quarter moon lights my path down this trail I know so well. Clutching your old love letters, I dare not fear the nail. I pray your safe return from foreign shores, dearest friend. When is then, we'll walk hand in hand under sycamore wind. Did you know that sycamore trees make their own wind? Oh, I know pine I know. trees. They, the pine trees get a lot of shout out for the sound they make. Georgia people just love them. Hell, I've got some my dad planted when he was in 4-H when he was a teenager there in the yard. But no sycamores. You cannot hear wind anywhere. But you stand under one of those and here it comes. It's almost as if by magic. There. My my aunt, my, my beloved aunt lives on Sycamore Street. There you go. Keep right on going. I'm going to read that poem that Maggie Smith did, and I'm, and I, I'm. It's really difficult. She's, she's probably the first non-rhyming writer I've ever heard that reads it like it sounded in her head. It's 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 different. It's different. So I won't hit it like she did, but I'll try not to just stumble all over it. Um, this poem, like mm, I think probably a lot of hers, are written to her small children. Okay? She has very small children, ride around with her, they ask questions, she writes poems. It's a, it's her niche, and it's really, it's pretty cool. And uh, this is called First Fall by Maggie Smith. I'm your guide here. In the evening, dark morning streets, I point and name. Look, the sycamores, their mottled paint-by-number bark. Look, the leaves rusting and crisping at the edges. I walk through Schiller Park with you on my chest. Stars smolder well into daylight. Look, the pond, the ducks, the dogs paddling after their prized sticks. Fall is when the only things you know because I've named them, begin to end. Soon I'll have another season to offer you. Frost soft on the window and a porthole side there, ice sleeting on the bare gray branches. The first time you see something die, you won't know it might come back. I'm desperate for you to love the world because I brought you here. End poem. That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. I love that you bring people and share them here. I mean, that's how we found Krista. You brought her to us. You know, you read her here a long time before we ever got to meet her. You know, I love that you go out in the world and you find these jewels like this by these amazing poets and come and share them with us. I, I loved the line about the first time you see something that dies, you don't know if it's going to come back. 
pretty cool, huh? You know, Schiller Park, yeah. you mentioned Schiller Park. It's in Ohio. And I wasn't sure where it is. It's in Cook County. And I looked it up, and uh, one of the, the main features there is Prairie Remnant. One of your prompts, and you posted today, Nyla, was mm-hmm. Torn Remnant. There you go. Wow. I'll That's give you one more. Where she, lives, where she lives in Ohio is about an hour and a half from where Salon New Love lives in Centerville. Our poem last week, our riff, was these friends of ours, and it was riffing Salon New Love in Ohio. So I'm sorry. I'm going to cut it out with all these coincidences. Usually it's analogies. Uh, <laughs> Michael, can you put that poem on Nyla's um Facebook timeline. I can. Yeah, I put I put uh, in the chat room for our radio show here at Speakeasy Cafe. I put that there, but I will I will uh, I'll put a link to the poem there. It's all uh, it's on the internet. That's where I found it. The internet is a Very good cool. place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, right, I have something way. very cool I'm going to share with you later off air, okay? Okay. All right. Will you do that? I'm going to go buy Maggie's book. Just a book called Goldenrod. New. Simon & Schuster. Google it. You'll find it. That's probably what she was reading stuff last night. I'm in the 2017 stuff now. She talks to the Goldenrod. Puts it in its place. But actually, it was already there. I'm giving away the middle. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> you have to buy the book for that one. Okay. Nyla, Chrissy, do you know what time it is now? 9.13. Time to go it's back time to work. For, time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets to come in, hang out with y'all. So humble. Appreciate you both so much. Great job. Thank you for sharing those. Just thank you for sharing all that you guys, both of you. You're amazing, and for your stories, they made me smile. Oh, you're amazing, Nyla. We love you. Everybody loves you and appreciates so much the Speakeasy Cafe. So know that you are loved. Thank you, honey. Indeed. Love you guys. Absolutely. We will talk to you next week, both of you. Yes, Absolutely. ma'am. Definitely. It's on my calendar. Perfect. All right. Make sure you send me your number. We'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. So our next caller comes from area code 216. Mama, are you with us? Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I I was pulling up something for Michael because I was listening to what he was saying, and I was going to play something for him, but we don't have time for all of that, but I'll tell him where to find it. Um, It was a big hit called Joyride. Um, and they speak about Under the Sycamore Tree. The whole song, about 15 different artists did it. You can pull it up on YouTube. Like, um, it, it's a real nice rhythm, and then they, uh, they call it Joyride, but it's speaking about the sycamore tree, and uh, some people, you know, just basically live under there, you know, just kind of like that's where everything's happening, under the sycamore tree. So Beanie Man did it. Um, just, uh, um, well... You just go in there and find it, and you'll enjoy the rhythm and hearing about this country. That's what I'm going to say. And I have a uh, poem that I'm doing in B. 
and um, I'm a leader. So I've been putting different elements together, and this latest one that I'm doing is, um, I guess you say pre-night. I guess it's called pre-night. And I was going to explain to you what pre-night crystal properties do. It's a calcium, aluminum, silicate mineral that crystallizes in the form of masses. And pre-night, the ultimate guide to is like um, you can mix it. Well, I'm mixing it with rose quartz. Um, it's known for the heart stone as well. Pre-night is also known for the heart stone as well as, well as the solar plexus and its divination powers. And you can experience a lot of healing, and we need a lot of healing now. So since me and Nyla both have two loves, like rocks and poetry, I'm trying to put this necklace together to uh, incorporate um, the properties of um, the poems and mixing, mixing stones together to get different uh, energies. So uh, this one I'm mixing together today is um, the uh, pre-night and the rose quartz. And the rose quartz, let me see where is the rose quartz. Okay. I've got to go to my Facebook page. Well, you can go to my Facebook page and read it. I got it written up there. And when I finish making the necklace, I'll also put the, um, <laughs> the picture of the necklace combination mixed with the um, with the rose quartz. So just go read it because I don't want to take you know, a whole bunch of time. Every time we went and visited my grandpa as a kid, he would take us in the backyard and walk around and show us all of his rocks and tell us stories about how they were made, where they came from, why they were special. And every time we visited him, he gave us a little piece of rose quartz to take home with us. Yeah, it's awesome. So mm-hmm. this, I want you to study the pre, pre-night, too. I'm gonna. The information is on my page, and I'm gonna. When I finish this necklace, I'm gonna put it on the page so you can see the combination of these two powerful stones together. Okay. So the poem I'm reading has nothing to do with uh, with that. I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, the poem I'm reading is about the days, my days, as a vendor trying to sell my stones and rocks and jewelry <laughs> on the mean streets of. New York, L.A., and Atlanta, very mean streets of, uh, and the very mean beaches of uh, South Beach. So I'm telling you, back in the day, vendors had it hard. So I'm trying to use my poetry to incorporate my life and my lifestyle and the things that I went through um, as a struggle in this country, um, especially for vendors and entrepreneurs of color, <laughs> of any color. <laughs> that doesn't want to pay uh, taxes. Okay, here we go. The name of the piece is called I Grab My Booty and Run. And in this case, my booty is my merchandise, the booty. So I stood there and waited for them to close me down, chased like a common robber, the life of a vendor in New York. The subway police are the real robbers. They will confiscate all your merchandise. Yet catching comes before killing. 
so we run. We run to thrive and stay alive. We live to hustle another day. Same thing in Atlanta and L.A. The mantra they preach on South Beach and say to us, Hey, you can't do that here. Us vendors who make our money without permits live by our wits without mortar and brick establishment. We are now reminiscing, and the journey continues. I am going to hustle until I can't walk, talk my talk till I can't talk anymore, and then take off running in my running shoes, talk smack till I'm old. In this game, you must always try. Hustle until you die. You got to break bad to break bread because we got to make this hustle matter pay bills and eat on this journey on these mean streets we hustle to be independent and free college fund and a house for our family we contribute to society now reminiscing as this journey soon ends we share war stories with old friends I am now a poet and a storyteller. We who write the endings of the stories we tell, we write the stories of the unlicensed seller. We survive, we run, we buy, we sell. We are the vendors who pave the way for artists, seamstress, jewelry makers, and the like. We like to flock to the block with our stock. No Wall Street, as we give middle fingers to those who would oppose the plight of a street vendor. And this prose is dedicated to those who have had to grab their booty and run. Dimbacham, Nefertiti, Faida, and Makini, Ashe. And I big up myself, the all-round queen, Oladeji. In peace. <laughs> I love that, Mama. Thank you, my daughter. Thank you, my darling, darling daughter. I knew you would. That's why I couldn't wait to read it on here. Aw. You're awesome. Yeah, so are you going to read two for us tonight, Mom? Well, I read the stuff about the uh, about the um about the rose quartz and stuff, so I don't want to take up enough time. If you have any more time left at the end, come back to me. I'll read something else. Okay. All right. Well, do me a favor and tell everybody how they can give you love. Vicky, V-I-C-K-I, Vicky with an I, Aqua, A-C-Q-U-A-H on Facebook and on Poetry Soup. Poetry Soup is one word, and my uh, A-K-A, otherwise known as Oladeji, the all-round queen, and my maiden name. You can find me some things over there under Harrington, Vicki Harrington. Perfect. All right, Mama. Thank you. I love you so much. I'm really glad you were here tonight. And you got in early. That was great. Okay. I'm too old to run with my booty anymore, so I'm sitting here making beads, and uh, I'm going to send this (laughs) picture of you when I finish. Well, I do want you to study those properties that I said about the pyrite. You're going to really love what they're saying. It's deeper than what I read. 
It even talks about nightmares and depression. So this is a, a powerful uh, uh, stone here. Okay. I will right. most assuredly do that, my dear. Okay. I love you, Mama. All right. As I say, come back to me if you want me to read something else later. I'll okay. be listening. Okay. For sure. Bye. <laughs> All right. That's my mama, and I love her. Thank you, Aqua. Mama Odigi. All right. Our next caller. Before we before I go on, I want to let area code five two zero. 406 and 407 know that you guys are not in the lineup. I do have you uh, written in the order that you called in, but you're, you have to press 1 if you want to alert me that it's okay to unmute you and bring you on the air. So if you're here just listening and hanging out and having fun, enjoy the show. I'm really glad that you're here. But area code, now it's area code uh, 520 and 406. Um, if either of you would like to come on, just go ahead and press 1. If you change your mind any time, you can press 1 then, and it will put you in the lineup, and we will be good to go. Let's go ahead and bring on 219. I believe we have Brother O with us. Brother O, are you here? Yeah, this is Brother O from East Chicago, Indiana. How are you, hon? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's really good to hear from you. Thank you. You are very welcome. So, what do you uh, what do you have for us tonight? Be strong, courageous in the midst of your storms. That's how this poem. Be strong, courageous. Do not be afraid to worry because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. You know, brothers and sisters, I've been going through a major storm recently. Seems like it's not one, if it ain't one thing, it's another thing going on. God, I want this storm to be over with. Recently on Monday, where we celebrated the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., my girlfriend passed away suddenly on the 17th of January. See, I'm trying not to cry. People say that I'm brother of the living miracle professor of poetry who is a brother full of positivity. Although I might be laughing and smiling right now deep inside, I'm grieving. But take a good look in my face. You see my smile looks out of place. You look closer and see the trace, the trash in my tears. Sometimes I don't feel like doing, uh, doing my normal routine. I don't feel like getting up to endure this storm. I'm physically and emotionally drained. And it seems like the rain keeps on pouring down and shows absolutely no signs of stopping. Hard for me to concentrate and keep my mind occupied during this very difficult time in my life. I just want to be by myself, emotions running high in my mind between happiness and sadness. Managing the best that I can while enjoying this great storm of mine. So I need to be strong and courageous during this time. 
I'll make it one day at a time because I know that God is going to pull me through and bring me out of this storm. Stand upon the living word of God, trusting the Lord and not leaning them on understanding. I'm constantly encouraging myself to smile in the midst of this storm. I'm motivating myself to see the rainbows and sunshine at the end of the storm. I know for myself that things will turn around for the better. As I'm enduring this true test of faith as a real soldier, I'm still going strong in the midst of this storm, staying upon the path to greatness. For the race is not given to the strong and swift. It is given to those we're doing the test, trials, and tribulations that life throws at us. Determine to finish the course and win the race. While I'm going through this storm right now, I'm counting all our joy. thanking God for another day to be alive and breathing. And for what and who and, and for who and what I have left. See, brothers and sisters, I've been really through hell these this past few days. But I know at the end of the day, like the wind and the two champions, I'm still standing. Remember when Rocky told the son and Rocky Balboa, the end about how hard you hit is how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. It's how much you can endure in life and keep moving forward because that's how victory is, that's how victory is achieved. Remember when my past and parents talking about handling the storms of life. God is no respect of the person that reigns on the just as well as the unjust. In every life, some rain will fall. You will have some thunderstorms, blizzards, tornadoes, hurricanes, cyclones, and tsunamis occurring in your life, brothers and sisters. In spite of it all, sometimes don't last always tell people to do it. My dear brothers and sisters, I know that some of you on this line may be going through some storms right now. You may feel that God is not standing by your side while you're going through what you're going through right now, or you get discouraged and impressed to the point that you can't see your way through the storm. You may have just experienced the death of a friend or family member recently. You may be battling a situation of illness. You may be dealing with the loss of a job or in the, during the situation right now that is beyond your control. So I strongly encourage you to turn to the book of Joshua and read chapter, verse, chapter 1 and verse 9. My sons and daughters, have I not commanded you? Be strong, courageous. Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will always be with you wherever, wherever you go and poem. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, every time Thank you read it, it reminds me, it reminds me of uh, Robin Williams' uh, Life According to Garp. This is, this is life, uh, life According yeah. to Brother O. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I just you know just uh, just dealing with uh, is those those are my girlfriend. She needs a sudden illness and uh, is really taking uh, taking a mental toll on me. And uh, mm-hmm. 
through it all, just, I'm just, just going through it, and, uh, and I know I'm going to miss a lot, but I know, I know that, I know that my life is going to be, my life is going to be better eventually. I'm going to recover eventually. Of course you are. Everybody that, everybody, everybody who's grieving right now has to understand that you may not understand why God takes certain people from us or may not understand why he does what he does. And, uh, my mama told my mom and dad told me this recently, and they, they were years ago, and they were right. Say God has a plan for everybody. God blesses grants us a certain amount of years of life, but it's not how many years you live. It's all about the impact that you leave behind. Every everybody has a beginning and an end, but what you do on between. The gas in between is how is how is how your life would play out. Yeah. Well, absolutely fantastic job. I can't even tell you how much uh, I appreciate you being here, sharing right. all of it. Just amazing. Right. Right. It, this is what. What writers and poets do when we go through tough times and tribulations, we write about it. Mm-hmm. We share that experience, yeah. Thankful, just thankful for the opportunity to have the platforms like this to really, to really express our thoughts. You know. Well, we appreciate you being here and doing that, sweetheart. So, do me a favor. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then the poem I just read, I'm actually going to go on Facebook Live tomorrow and do the same thing, you know, because I know that uh, a lot of people need to hear what I said tonight. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. All right, tell everyone your Facebook again. Uh, oh, my brother, oh, Gavin, on Facebook. They simplify it. I'm always promoting poetry. I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always uh, pushing other artists. I'm always uh, staying positive and uh, always keeping a good mindset. If you come, come check me out. I got poems. I got quotes. I got, you name it, I got it. <laughs> so I'll be back next week. Yes, you will. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much, honey. Great job. Welcome. All right. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. All right. Let's go ahead. You guys, we are having some pretty ugly issues with the chat room not opening correctly. So if you're trying to get in the chat room, just keep refreshing your page and hopefully it will stop kicking you out. Hopefully it will even let you in. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully that <laughs> hopefully that works well for you. Um, and hopefully my board, board keeps working. You know, If not, we're going to have a great time. I am really, just in case any of you guys can't tell, because I feel like I am really off kilter tonight, 
I was like, I didn't get to bed last night and sleep. I I got maybe, if I slept at all, it was maybe an hour when I did lay down. So I'm really tired, kind of burnt out, not feeling well. So if I seem weird, that is why. I am running on a lot of coffee right now. So just bear with me. Keep me in line. We'll be doing great. And I'm stalling because I'm fighting with the board right now. I'm not doing a very good job of stalling on me. Okay, let's go ahead and try to grab area code 619. We're going to have 619 followed by 732 and followed by 832. So uh, uh, 86. No, not 86. That's Chris. 619. 619 is that's James. James, are you with us? Hi, Nyla. Yes, hey, it sweetheart. Is. It's uh, James. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Not so good. I'm on too. I'm on one of those, you know, those, those. Oh, now it comes back because floaty thing. I'm on just one of those in one of those floaty places. My 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 brain just does not feel like it's. Um, you know what they call that? My, my bandwidth is kind of worn out. <laughs> Motion. That's that's yeah, no that mind. <laughs> that works for me. When you're floating, right. I have, I have, it's, I have it's like the gap float. between reality. Yeah. We need those gaps <laughs> to rest. We do. We do. So Our what's going on with you? What, so what, uh, frantic. I know. Yeah. Horribly. Just rush, 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 rush. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Slow down. What do you have for us tonight? I have a couple poems. And... Um, one is about poetry, actually, and why it's dangerous. Okay, I'm excited. It predates the written word from the celestial spheres down to human voices, collected around fires, preserving myth and mystery of our divine origins. If this isn't dangerous, I don't know what is. A poet attempts to use words to explore infinite possibilities. Also, the infinite present, which makes poetry even more dangerous. Some poets even love all existence so much they explore nonviolence, musical passions, free love, horrors of war, doldrums of melancholy, lives of saints, history of imaginary lands, and creatures never seen except in one's dreams. This is all dangerous because modern society wants a stable existence. It wants complex algorithms behind which it can hide its greed. It wants plain numbers and statistics not infinite wonders and pleadings of common love. Sanity for society is the collected judgments by experts, not the fanatical joy of a single human. When I read a poem, I don't need to see the poet, only the mystical images she weaves, only the rhythmic patterns of musical phrases, and deep dives into her experience alone. The danger of poetry 
is that it began without words. It came from the infinite oceans of emotions. It will always remain dangerous in my mind or yours, even as a single haiku. The song of freedom collects in the heart of joy the poet's pure joy. Excuse me, I messed that haiku up. I read that whole damn thing. Okay, and I messed the haiku up. Okay, the song of freedom. (laughs) That's a poet laughing. The song of freedom collects in the heart of love the poet's pure joy. That's what I always try to do is, is create from the core of love. You know what I mean, Nyla? I do. I do. <laughs> I, I love that, that you stop and giggle in the middle. You know, everybody, and I love it because that that gives you, that makes you a real person. It makes you, you know, it adds to your personality. And, and everybody always tries voice? to do things so perfect. <laughs> and we don't need to be perfect. We just have to hang out and have fun and share our words and have a good time. And and you were you just sounded adorable, and I loved it. And the poem Thank was you, amazing. Nyla. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And I have another one because I'm one of these weird Eastern, you know, mystical guys. I was listening <laughs> to uh, to Mama, you know, about her times in the streets, you know, trying to run down, run it, outrun the uh, constabulary. <laughs> you know, it's like we have to hustle in this in this world. You know what I mean? If you're if you're trying to make a buck. Anyway, um, this is about. Actually, what I actually believe, you know, deep down my strangled life, you know, that we all have, the kind of force feeding of, of information that we get. And it's, it's a concept that's it's really very ancient. And it's a symbol. You can look it up online if you want to look at the, the various um, imaginings of this, of this word that I'm going to give, the title of the poem. It's called... Jiji Muje, and it's spelled J-I-J-I-M-U-G-E. So if you Google that, you can find what I'm going to be talking about. They even define it for you if you want to know. But it happens to be my underlying philosophy, uh, religion, if you will, because everything's connected. Jiji Muje. Patterns across the lake. The smallest gnat signals meaning across the universal one. A woman smiles in West Virginia. An idea grows from the furrowed brow. The dances of lights, the human forms in candle wax, twisting lovers aching for eternity, suffering physical death, patterns in the games being played. While seeming to die, we cause rebirth, the flip-flop of light-dark, life-death, terror-peace. It all forms patterns, forever connected, like the ugly tangles under the ornate beauty of an Asian rug. Like the spaces between the notes of Chopin, 
the antimatter between the stars above, the eyeful wonder of connected eternity, beauty, ugliness, matching their weight, sinful and saintly, painting the sunset's delights. Lose your focused attention and realize the Gigi Muje. Your heart will beat on its own. Your love will constantly come into view. Your entrancing pattern will dance on graves, sing in the dark, and cry at the rising sun. Alone, with billions, with nothing, all connected, all one, transfigured by you. That's it. Transfigured by you. That was amazing. You have the universe inside you, Nyla. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're so beautiful. That's why it's so crowded in here sometimes, right? (laughs) Your conversation gets hectic. It's like y'all mind being quiet for a second so I can think. I actually had a Hindu. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Mm -mm. Go ahead. I was married to a New Yorker, so we always butted in on each other all the time. So, and that freaked me out because I'm from California. You know, we have to have our space. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm god! I'm horrible at that. Anyway, I'm horrible at that. You're Budinsky, yeah. I am. I don't mean to be. Oh. I know, but our thoughts are always so important. You know. <laughs> I know. So we so we think, right? That's why I always try to, st- I, right. I try to catch myself. Sometimes I do, most of the time, yeah. Yeah. Do you um, think, like, what am I going to say next? It has to be really impressive, you know, that kind of thinking. Um, no. I used to do that when I began teaching. You know, I thought, boy, I'm just going to lay it all out there for these kids, you know, and I have such an impressive content, and, you know, we're going to get through this course and they're going to learn so much and then bam zen reality hits you you know it's half I, of I, them are asleep. i can't do that because i never know what you guys are going to bring you know i don't know who's who's going to be on the phone next and what they're going to say so i can't really prepare right. i always do it at the beginning of the show because i have such a horrific fear of sure. speaking in public yeah. so the first in my show is always you know loosely outlined so i can try to follow and once i get through those those first 15 minutes, then I just relax and I'm fine and I have fun and I'm not worried about it anymore. But those first 15 minutes That's were right. really super hard for me. And uh, so, yeah, right. I do. I jot things down and I get mixed up. And you guys hear at the beginning of the show, I know you do, but you guys also know why, you know. So, yes. yeah, there's that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the miracle of, of um, live. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it was a whole, you know, Ginsburg and, and Jack Kerouac and all those guys. That was the beat. You know, let's hear it now, man. That's all that counts. Yeah, you know, the I eternal admire people now. that can do that. Exactly. It's right, amazing. James, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come show yeah. you love, hon. Yeah, emerypublishing.com. And um, I'm on Facebook at uh, J.R. Musgrave. Absolutely perfect. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. I'm glad you were here tonight. Great pieces. 
I feel fine. I just I'm Thank just you. woozy. I'm I'm drowsy. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But you still all get the best of me, even when the best of me is just me. So. That's right. That's yeah. Very true. <laughs> Take care. All right, James. Adore you. Thank you Bye. for taking the time to spend with us tonight. Appreciate mm-hmm. you so much. All right. Our next callers come from area code. 832. Let me double check this. Yeah, 832. No, we, no, 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 no. No, I'm wrong because we just dropped a call. So James dropped his call. So we have 732 followed by 832 followed by 585. So let's go ahead and grab 732. And that, I believe, is Gregory. Hey, how loud? Is this loud enough? It is. How are you doing, Gregory? I need a little more monitor in my phone. Have to listen to on the phone, which is in the phone now. It's your blog talk radio phone on Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, honey? Metamorphosis of wonder. Not only is it Thursday, now it's a phone that's not a phone. It's a blog talk radio nylophone for Thursday. What more could anyone want? There is no such thing. As Gregory, <laughs> there isn't. I don't know. It's ripping cold out. That's pretty cool. Okay. Um, continuum. Yesterday's rain remains for yet another day, like a charcoal sketch of rainwater filling a washing bowl. Lightning recoils in the impersonation of a lantern's lambent. Thunder echoes out in a sweeping interval of told you so, of yesterday's rain that offers a promise of reconciliation that's nurturing the flowers that close at night. No, it's never too soon upon a long hour's afternoon for the moment to mimic its reappearance of after silence. Is it as cold as yesterday? It seems as cold as the day before, and the rain gave way as the rest of the day remained freezing. The temperature is dropping. It went below zero last night. The outside world got a whole lot slower. Of these days without distinction, it's a long hour's recognition of solitude. The tea kettle whistle is call and response. The tea kettle whistles call and response. Less because the show comes on every... Anyhow, no... Okay, here's the mantra. (laughs) Whatever. Piss are good. Here's the mantra. The backstory is with all the tension and hate and I wouldn't say uncertainty and all the loss and the COVID and, and all the insurrection and all the just not civility. So what would transpose that? What do you do? How can you bring about peace? with it, you know, some inner mind peace. So it's, it's going to snow, and then it's like 1 o'clock. Okay, it's not snowing. So at 3.30, it's perfect. It's pristine. It's a silent snowfall, totally cohesive, totally uniform. No angry climate, no angry wind, just a moment of pure peace, a peaceful snowfall. 
So with that image, one would use to defeat, which is aggressive, to transpose all of that, whatever, psychosis, anything, grinding your jaw, no. No, this is the image that's going to put everything in perspective. A 330, pristine, perfectly silent, peaceful snowfall, free of all angry climate, just free of everything that isn't peaceful. And it would go, and I and I internalize the same angels I brothers and sisters call upon, and a time-worn remnant of an antique that's reflected in convictions of a tear that no one sees or believes. And the wind-swept silhouettes are as if ghosts are hiding, and we hide, no one knows, and no one knows, and no one knows who we used to be, and no one sees, they don't see me. And we watch the waves recede as we take to the shore, and relive, and relive your own place, the place that sets that awaits, that awaits, that awaits that's housed in the clouds, that actualize the Mandela of protector deities. And upon your bedside, we internalize servants and seraphs, and that guards our heart, and we strive and we deanimalize dying, we perfect our second death, and the physical aversion, that's the temporal obstacle. We emanate humanity and humanization and the beginningness, and the beginningness that we call upon the mercies, and those mercies are our vow, and we vow unto them in the closing of the eyes. Yeah, I don't have COVID. Thanks. Thursday, whatever. I said that was random. (laughs) Yeah, you call in every... Oh, random. Okay. You know, most page poets are white. (laughs) Most performance poets are kind of angry and have a bit of misinformation due to a lack of historical fundamentals. But the most fun are the drunken dumb shows. Yeah, it was random. Well, I, you know, whatever. I answered no, that. No, your comment no. about COVID, that was random is what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, please. It's horrible. I don't want, want to go there. Okay, so yeah. they started this, you know, local thing. Local. They're calling it whatever, the Renaissance, et cetera. The audience is freaking so young. They're all in their 20s. I mean, not even like mid or late 20s. So, you know, we're the elders. We're performing in front of like 30 really young people. So, it's, you know, like I'm not here to lecture. I'm easy. I mean, it's, <laughs> okay, did you see the don't look up thing? So yeah. Anyhow, there's a part. Um, I'm sorry, but. So there's a part where Ariana Grande's playing the character and the story is, no, oh, I heard about you broke up with your boyfriend. And she just goes, what's the two of you, you old generational creep weirdo? It's like that's the perfect scenario to, you know, what that whole thing is. Anyhow. That was one of the movies I watched last night because I couldn't sleep, so I stayed up and I watched that show. It was it was really good, but it was very disturbing too. Oh, you're just you're disturbing. It's all satire. You internalize <laughs> I that. Absolutely, so lo- I loved it. I would say that's more like the with that violent thing, the Squid Game. 
that wasn't so happy, enjoyable. But yeah, the yeah. but that's the whole thing with you know performing in front of really young people, younger kids. Mm-hmm. So and then it's like, hey, you know, and then somebody will say, well, listen, they're kind of el, you know, the elders, they're cool. We want these elders on our side because they can help you with things. And you know, nobody gets picked on. Nobody, there's no competition. So everybody's welcome. You know, they can help you. You know, you make a chat book or something. So it's pretty funny, but that's kind of what it's like. So, you know, gee, I'm sorry you broke up with your boyfriend, and she just turns it with that quickness. <laughs> What's it to you, you old creep? Anyhow, thanks for Thursday. So no, we're You're out. welcome, honey. Are you going to tell everyone how they can find you? Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. Go on Instagram, Gregory speaking i don't know uh now we have not much to promote thursday thursday school i don't mind um i wanted to send you an mp3 but we got to make sure the file's the right size and since there's like seven different mixes so that's all. I wouldn't mind that being played on a Thursday every now and as then. Long as long as as long as it can be sent to me, I can I can make it the right size file. I have I do recordings and stuff like that, so I have the equipment to to edit it down if I have to if I end up having to. Cool, I'll try. You know, we're okay. I put it up on the this you know the Thursday site and it picked up a good ten plays. So anytime things get you know like into eight or nine. We put it up to even it out. But, yeah, thanks. I put it up on the site, you know, and it picked up like 10 plays. So, thanks. Oh, find me. Yeah, I'll be calling in. I like to listen and really kind of burnt. So, we're going to be needing new material with new, you know. So, yeah, I got to start reading again. I started, you know, over the last couple days. I have to charge my batteries, start hitting the books, and I don't really want to just do the typical, you know, Emerson and, you know, the pro, you know, Hildebrand. You're going to try to branch out on something a little different. Maybe I'll read some science fiction or something. But, yeah, we're, that would, you know, yeah, we have to come up with new stuff. So I'll start getting the books, and that's why today was a little choppy. But those are just lines that fit into the other stuff. That's all. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Still there. <laughs> yeah, you can find me. Uh, no, we don't need anything. We're cool. Thanks. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight, and we will talk to you next week, okay? Uh, oh, hey, it certainly is winter. Yeah, thanks for letting me be weird. I appreciate it. Appreciate you being weird. We need that. Oh, I love you. We'll it's, t- <laughs> it's too much. Need too much reality. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, hon. Oh, bye bye. You don't have to listen on the phone. Yeah, I'll put you on hold. Okay. All right. Our next caller. That's Mr. Gregory Schwartz. Our next caller comes from eight three two eight three two. You're on the air. Hey, Mr. Blue Blue. How are you, Mr. sweetheart? Blue. Well, let's put it this way. I woke up just in time to hear you call my 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 number. <laughs> I love it when that happens. Yeah. So, trying to 
Hold on just a second here and get my stuff together. Yeah, Lord. There we go. All right. That is together. Just going to get tonight. So, how are you today? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I'm all warm, fuzzy, sleepy, relaxed, chilled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then maybe I shouldn't read my work. (laughs) Because you're not going to be warm and fuzzy after this one. Uh, it's okay. I, I can use. Uh, there's nothing like a good palm shaving. We're we're all right. We're yeah. All right. Well, this one I want to do a little bit of preamble to. Um, not so much on my own behalf, but because of uh, something else that's going on right now. Uh, I uh, and I didn't realize just you know who all was uh, actually involved in this project. Um, there's a, a film, independent film, that's about to come out, and I don't know when the release date is. They, um, I mean, they're right now they're talking about uh, talking about the release, and they have, uh, they, I think they have like three different trailers to it. Um, they're on Instagram and all different kind of places. Um, the main. Uh, person that shot the film as as uh, best as I can excuse me as best as I can uh, uh, tell is uh, a lady by the name of Deborah Anderson now that by itself uh, wouldn't strike any bells with anybody except for the fact that this Deborah Anderson happens to be the daughter of John Anderson. And I don't know, and probably not too many people, well, I shouldn't say it that way, but I mean, I should say that they're, you know, outside of the um, people who, you know, grew up, you know, like I did. You know, that might not, uh, that still might not ring any bells. But um, in this case, we are talking about John Anderson who is the lead singer of the band called Yes. So, you, you, is that, you, you, you know who that is, Miss, Miss Nyla? I, I know who Yes is, yes. Okay, all right. Cause I was Remember, say, I've worked in radio you, since, I was, since I was like, you know, 18 years old. Well, that, that's, a, that's a good thing, but that, mm-hmm. that, is, that is not always a preemptory... <laughs> yes, yeah. I knew who yes was, but uh, honestly, I didn't listen okay. to him much. <laughs> but in any case, okay, so uh, Women of the, the, the film itself is called Women of the White Buffalo, and what it's about is, is what I've, uh, or actually, it's about the, the conversation that I have been uh, talking about for the last 20-some-odd years now, that being... M-M-I-W, Missing, Murdered, Indigenous Women. Mm-hmm. And in recent days, they have had uh, some little challenges and so forth. And you put uh, 
put your uh, work out there. Uh, I mean, and they're calling you know, any and all creative people to to participate. And um, the the way that you basically get in on it in terms of uh, putting it out there is putting it on your page on Facebook and prefacing it with the hashtag silent no more. Um, and they're talking about in particular, you know, they're talking about like a red handprint that uh, has become a symbol, you know, uh, as far as like a red handprint across the face of someone, you know, what does that mean? And so in any case, I took that and I mean, I, cause I know, you know what it is and, and I just took it to, well, I just took it to my own, to my own places. <laughs> As, mm-hmm. as you can well imagine. <laughs> I can very well imagine. So, yes. So, so this uh, and 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 to my mind, it was like, okay, you know, this is uh, this is the perfect time to start ramping up, because I haven't um, actually done any of these works for for a bit. Um, so I, you know, put one, put a couple of the ones that I've already established uh, that have, have are on my podcast as well. As well, I have added two uh, new pieces to the uh, podcast. By the by, um, on my on my page, you know, that have to do with the MMIW, and you know, they're they're for any and all to listen to. This particular piece is uh, I've just written this one, so it isn't on any, anything just yet, except being here, and that's that's okay because this is a good place to start. Um, so, you know, me being soldier blue and I, um, just one other thing before I start, um, my name is not a nom de plume. Okay. Yeah. Just for any and all who might be wondering that or might not be wondering about it because a lot of people, you know, just take it for granted. Oh, well, it's just a, you know, it's just a nickname. It's just something this and something that. No. In this case, for me, Soldier Blue is two-thirds of my native name. And it is not, by any means, something that I picked casually to write underneath in terms of my works. So, I am Soldier Blue. I am of the Great Osage Nation. And this, uh, this work... Is called um, Dark Matter. Fascinating are the wolves of dark matter. Stronger in the quotes Ashes from the north, born of an old storm, crawling across stoned tablets left in weathered sunshine. Prophecies of an ancient freeze. Dark arts, dark hearts, black and red, a drying crimson up on the horizon. Issues of a woven argument, nobody wins. Slow processionals, songs enter the smoke of sacred leaving. She came back to us unknown and sacred a relative a stranger a sacred stranger 
with a red dress on, her red-dipped hand touch. Oh, Abitra. Yeah, we know the tragedy of how she passed us by. Distant ruling of the stars, marks scars and dark shadows, Samon Genak. Her hair drying in the wind, running at the wolves at a time when those slow hours matter, when darkness matters. Oh, Shave. Her bones laid straight, even smooth. Oh, yes, my sister, we know who killed you, left your flesh for fur and fowl, jour through altar, blue, almost blue, our cousins howling screams from the deserted shadows of the raging winter moon, gedake, gibagomi, dressed, addressed, even as your spirit fled, oh, nonke, oh, unto the ghosting south, agatsi, doge, summer is no boon, beauty, the wither will touch us all, no matter where we are, ghost witness, Watching, standing, statue steel, sealed lips, lest they be next. Forest shadows gone long, house party, suburbs, fast music, blurred, shaken faces, nothing left for recall. Loveless lovers, heart shanks of dead time, good times gone wrong, hate. A drop of ink staining everything. Black and red dragonflies drying wings. Oh, the hum of darkened red death. Desperation, blazing light, hand slaps ring on a loud, softened face. Life leaving only the heat red of a handprint behind. Sister, stolen ones, slave trade, sex trade, grand empurpled mountains, all is well. It's a lie! Gender genocide, where are my silent sisters you don't tell me quiet you don't tell me anything we speak you listen red earth drying lines of the singing rain do you remember anime so many dead, so many left in the ground by those so civilized. Oh, they rise up before us like water smoke from a driven waterfall. 
Igishwatz. Blood claims us all. Ovo. Blood calls to blood. Wetroninda. We see you with our defining sight. Watse miga migage. Our dead stars shining brightly. Dagonska, incandescent, their embers speaking to our fingers. Athia. Like medicine dropped into water. Oh, Newichon. Water is life. We will see her again. Her names layered upon her breath. Confusion, mystery, often surrounding her deaths. Fascination pales. Observation gathers speed. The wolves have found another one, another woman. Indigenous, cast from light to dark. Her spirit paint splattered in red. Shades of dark crimson design. Creeks start spring thaw. Maybe she will be found this time. A charged pulse of expectation. Like lightning for the firefly. Shadow sits beneath a bridge, slips between, beneath pylons of a bridged lake. Darkness stains, knife-like a ridge of earth in motion. Tectonic plates shifting, pushed feet there. There sits our sister. Words like pebbles scattered at her feet. A litter of prayers sent forth in dreaming. Your hands through, sift your hands through river silt. Catch the sparkling shift. Paint your hands vermilion. Hand print across your mouth. Place the words of our red earth within. Let your fingers fan the air. To leave shapes like petroglyphs behind, falling as leaves upon burnt ground. Oh, to be translated later. Thiku. Soft lupine plaids hit the forest floor. Okthabe. Shades giving way into dark matter there. Fascination never ending. Sisters of the mood, moon, night. Oh, the tide runs swift. Have a care where you place your feet. The issues can be grave. Soft female footfalls, the essence of a song. Embrace the day, give away the journey that seeks to take your life. M M I W missing murdered indigenous women tumbleweed fiction surrounds your stories silence is not golden 
It has become the cold, the burning remnants of violence done to you and what was left behind. Do you have your red dress on? Has it been cut to form? Wolves paint the way, leading lovers, teachers, and friends to where the bodies lay. Fractured stories ready to be sewn back together like storied beads, spiny discs. Strung as if jeweled pearls. They are our silenced sisters. Rest assured, we shall find them all. We are the ghost road born. Wolf-like in our countenance, and we are always on our way home. Handprint of the people, Show it is done, though the stories are not finished. Donc, in peace. Absolutely intense, so powerful, heart wrenching, necessary. How many adjectives do you think I can come up with? <laughs> well, I can tell you one of the uh, incendiary pieces of literature I'm reading at the moment, and, uh, and you'll you'll know why it caught my eye, even just from the title. It's called uh, Ghost Rider Roads, mm-hmm. and uh, basically it is a his- historical timeline of uh, the American Indian movement from 1971 to the present. And it's got, it's got a lot of good things in it in terms of the history of you know, those people that I would call, or my generation would call elders. I mean, obviously, our look or perception, when we talk about elders, goes all the way back to the old ones and back to the beginnings of our people. But in terms of the, the recent years, you know, and who we would look to for the structures and maps of where we walk, you know, those, those, that generation uh, that started things back in the 70s, you know, would definitely be a beginning place for a lot of people. I don't, I just I don't know how I could applaud you more for what you do. For being that voice. Uh, you know, you are you are that wolf that that is finding the bodies. Oh, I you know, I don't I don't stint, I don't flinch. You know. Mhm. I mean one of the first lessons I learned and I learned it at the age of nine years old. You know, starting my reading even then. Well, getting books from the library and seeing just what the difference was between what they were teaching me in the classroom and what I was reading in my books. 
Yeah. One of the first things I learned was that for my people, there was no happy ever after. There was no Savior coming out of the dark. So we just had to travel on. Very sobering, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it is in a lot of ways, but it, to me it's also a great strength. It you is. Know? Because it's, a, I mean, I look at the people who made their sacrifices before me, and I understand that regardless of, you know, uh, who they were and how, you know, how they, they lived their lives, they endured the sacrifices necessary to bring that next generation to the earth. And they didn't stop. Yeah. Regardless of what was done to them, they just kept going. And I can do no less. I agree. All right, darling. All right. So you can find me on Facebook at uh, Rafe Wild on Facebook. And then in parentheses down below that name, you'll see Soldier Blue. And again, as I said, uh, uh, I have added on some new works to the podcast. And I will be adding this one on in the next couple of days. Uh, the podcast itself is called Red Earth One. And it can be found on Google Podcast and uh, iTunes and about uh, six other uh, platforms besides that. And it's just there for everybody to listen. Perfect. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you so much. Fantastic job tonight, and thank you. Thank you, Ms. Nyla. Appreciate the platform here to be able to speak. Appreciate you. All right, so we will talk to you next week already. Yes, ma'am. Perfect. All right, hon, thank you. Thank you, Soldier Blue. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Soldier Blue, Blue. Let's go ahead and put him back on mute. And go ahead and give the lineup so you kind of have an idea of what we're doing here. We have area code 585-407-779-506. We do have 520 down there, so 520. Uh, if you want to come on, you need to press 1. That will let me know it's okay to unmute your line if you're here just listening and hanging out. Glad you've joined us. If you change your mind at any time, go ahead and press 1, and that will alert me that it is okay to unmute your mic and put you into the lineup. So that's 520. Press 1 if you'd like to come on. Hang out and listen if you don't. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 5. Come on. Come on. Don't do that to me. You want to be a good button, don't you? Let's go ahead and grab. Let's see if we can get it out. Five eight five five eight five. You were on the air. Should I guess good. it was. Good. Yeah, I guess it was a good button, huh? <laughs> yes. Apparently How are you, honey? I'm good. I'm listening to everybody, and 
Wow, everybody's so great tonight. I mean, one thing after the next. I mean, I got caught, you know, I got caught into listening to the previous uh, poet. And it's like, wow, oh, I need to be reasoned about this, you know. Um, some of what he was talking about I have read pitifully, not enough, but enough to be intrigued. So so to listen to him, was, it did kind of resonate with me and kind of made me feel guilty for not having followed up more with more of the reading. So maybe I'll follow it up by following him a little bit. You know, that's what's important about us sharing, you know, and learning from each other and being inspired by each other and all, you know, we don't let each other forget things. We, we were human. We have, you know, limited com- capacity for stuff in our head every, you know, every second. You know, and yeah. there's things that there's things that you guys have taught me that I never even knew existed. I mean, I've learned so much from you guys. You know, before well, Soldier Blue, I didn't know about the girls. Yeah. I do now. Uh, yeah. I, well, I, I almost feel like talking more about, about him and what he's talking about, but I'll, I'll catch up with him. Um, so I, I had um, come to realize that I'm always looking at things as not being what they seem, or maybe you don't always have to look at them the way that you look at them, Um, which led me to think that I had some interest, at least, in in empathy. You know, so even even your enemies, they have, you know, like when when Donald Trump said that, uh, that there were some very fine people on both sides, people got mad for him to say that. It's not. It's not untrue. It's not you know, untrue. Some of those people who were doing what people on our side of the thinking thought was crazy. Guess what? They live in their community and they pay taxes and they raise kids with whatever sense of values that doesn't all have to do with hating everyone else. They do all these things that we think good people should do. But there's this one very big point that unfortunately guides their lives that we just absolutely can't abide. But how many more else, people would we hold to our heart if no one ever opened their mouth and shared a word about the, their politics? Yeah, I mean, if you just didn't know certain things about some people, yeah, you know, Trump, yeah, there were some very fine people on on both sides, but they were just fucking crazy. <laughs> to just them, you know, and, and I'm sure they're looking from. See, here's the point: from where they're coming from, that's the same thing is true. You know, the same thing is true. Well, you know, why can't people over here understand how wrong we are about what we think? That's in disagreement with what they think. So, so it's it's kind of interesting to look at things from a different perspective, or to sometimes take a look at yourself from someone else's perspective. So I had this poem called Light Beams. Tiny crystalline orbs overhead, hovering in safer space, emitting a deafening peal, piecing through or echoing off everything as nothing before. Blinding array of light beams, all colors aglow in each ray. We cannot focus. We cannot define depth or height or width or length. Our senses are wry and meaningless. We are no longer a danger, 
but much more a surprise to them who never ventured this far, who never imagined our habitation, are astonished by our crudity and frailty. And Paul. Wow. That was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. Beautiful word usage in that piece. I mean, just amazing. I feel like groupie. I don't know what else to say. I'm going to throw my panties on the stage, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll come stand on the stage, please, just for you to do that. (laughs) I think that that was inspired. Back in the uh, early 60s, the Twilight Zone came on. And it was I such remember. A, I mean, I don't remember when it came on, but I remember watching it on Turner Classic. Yeah. Or whatever that show was, Twilight, yeah. That, that inspired The Outer Limits and, and, and spin, you know, other mock-ups of, of the same kind of thing, you know, Supernatural with a twist of, of morality play built in. And uh, I remember seeing um, one where the, there was this woman in in this shack way out in the country, all by herself, right? And the spaceships landed, and they, you know, and and we're we're all empathizing with this woman, and, and you know they're chasing her around, and you know they 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 wind up chopping her toe off with a knife, and 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 then she finally smashes them, smashes them, when she smashes. Their spaceship, you finally see it says USAF. It's us invading somewhere else. USAF, hmm. United States Air Force. The spaceship wow. is out. And that's kind of what inspired me to take a look at this that way. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. So earlier in the week, this time of every year, I have to do this. Earlier in the week, I did this on a, another uh, poetry show. And I always tell a brief story about the fact that we were going to have a poetry reading for Martin Luther King's celebration. Mm-hmm. And so I was like everybody else. I needed to bring a poem that had something to do with the moment. The only thing is, I didn't want to be pretentious enough to think that I really had something to say about Martin Luther King that hadn't already been said by more people and perhaps better. But I was trying to do justice to it, so I was doing some research around it. And his birthday's on the fifteenth, and I'm looking and I'm looking, and lo and behold. I found out that on the 17th, that's the birthday of another black American who's equally well-known and equally important in the annals of history. And so I wrote this. The likes of you had never been seen, all lanky and tall, gregarious but mean. You met all comers to the fistic scuffle while dancing center ring, the Ali shuffle. Predicting KO rounds with poetic sounds, man, what you meant to me. 
this black man, proud, way above the crowd, floating with butterflies and stinging like bees. You had style and grace and a pretty face, but made men bleed and stumble. Stick and move, you so smooth. <laughs> rumble, young man, rumble. You whooped the bear and chased the rabbit. Would have whooped tail, but Fidel wouldn't have it. And when they couldn't beat you in the ring, they came up with this draft evasion thing. See, the State Department done you wrong, because you ain't had no quarrel with no Fiat Kong. And stripped your title to give to these clowns, these artificial sugars, and these pounds of pounds. Down in Manila, you were the thriller when Philly Joe smoked, sputtered, and quit. At the doorstep of death, used a right and a left to pile on the hurt while still talking a bit. Now you had faced the menace of real care to fight that brute in Kinshasa, Zaire. And when we all had lost our hope, you slipped and slid and broke that dough. Like Willie Mays' catch in 54, a Dr. J. Dunk and Wilt's big score. Your style took boxing from sport to art, but our leader man was really your part. See, you talked, talked, talked the talk, but then you really did walk the walk. Truly a man who never shied away when for his principles he had to pay. In our hearts, you have your place. In our minds, we see your face, kneeling with Malcolm, praying to the east. Lord most high, to say the least. And now, like all, you've passed away. The greatest of all time is what we say. You have left forever in our ears a chant that echoes of Kinshasa's ear. Ali Bumaye. Ali Bumaye. Ali Bumaye. Wow. Holly. Yeah. I can say truthfully that, and, and I hope that young people today do as well, but I can truthfully say that growing up, I had so At a time that they said people in America didn't have you, I, I had a hero, and Ali was my hero. You know, he he did a lot. When you When you think about what was going on, the racial changes, the, all, all of the things that were going on the decade bef- uh, before Ali came around during the time of his heyday and then what happened afterwards. He seriously, if you look at him culturally, did so much yeah. to absolutely empower black men back then. Because before Ali, there was never a black man that would literally get up in your face, it didn't matter who you are, and boast about being, he was cocky as hell, he was strong, he was charismatic. I mean, he he really did a lot to inspire, I believe, a lot of young black men. Well, not only that, but but here's the thing that, that, the value that you really have to attribute to him. As he was doing that for black people, and he's really a humanist, but as he was doing that and black people were feeling the the immediate reaction to it, 
Mm-hmm. He was really doing that for everybody because what happened was his nature was to be outgoing, to be, you know, aggressive, to 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 brag, okay? And people always, they use that as a reason not to like him. But when they saw that he said, no, I'm not going over there and shoot another colored man for you. Because no Viet, and this is what his poem says, you had the problem with no Viet Cong. He said, because no yeah. Viet Cong called me nigger. Yeah. Right? When they saw that Ali, who they hated, was thinking that he was a shill, thinking that he was just an empty suit, that he was getting ready to go to jail. He had given up the biggest prize in the sporting world. He was a heavyweight champion of the world. That means he's the baddest man in the world. When they saw that he was going to give that up and all the money and all the things that that entailed, white people began to understand who he was. That's when he really got lifted to mythic proportion because he already was there with the black and brown people of the world. But now everybody mm-hmm. began to see this is an extraordinary individual here in our time. Yep. Everybody can see it now. You, you had no more to say about, oh, yeah, this is the heavyweight champ of the world, a charismatic and a rich man, and he's giving it all up for what? For what he believed in. And, and most people could not look in the mirror and say they could do that. That's and, true. Old, and he was the most, at one point, he was the most famous man in the world. So it was the least I could do to talk about him a little bit. And so every year around this time, I have to remember this one. <laughs> I'm glad that you do. And I'm glad to have this place to bring it to and uh, offer it as part of, like, I really heard some fantastic stuff here tonight, so I'm you know, happy to offer this one. Well, you did a fantastic job. It was a fantastic read, fantastic poem. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, by the way, I absolutely, absolutely love the new profile picture you put up with your little pearly white <laughs> smiling at us. Very handsome picture, I must say. Thank you, sweetheart. I am sitting right in that same studio right now. Oh, yeah. When I'm, yeah, when I'm done with your show. I, I always got to do your show, then I got to do mine. <laughs> but when I finish that, uh, when I finish with with this show that we're on right now, I have to record, and I'm sitting right in that same chair in that studio. And, uh, well, I hope those you. listeners appreciate you as much as we do. Those are all my friends, and I hope to have some here with you as well. Um, all right, sweetheart. And we'll talk to you next week. All right, hon. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 407. 407, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. How you doing? Hi, Raymond. You pressed one, my love. Yes, I did. I'm I so did. Proud I intended of you. to do that too. 
Indeed. I, I, you know, you're here, I, and I love that, and people should know that because you don't call in and read that often, but you call in every single week. And for those of you who don't know and, and, and you know, may miss, you know, Raymond's one of our sponsors for the show. He's one of the people that, you know, helped keep us going in on the air last year, and he's here every week listening to you, even when he doesn't come on and read. And every time I look down there and I see your area code on there, it makes my heart so happy you have no idea i just i love respect admire and cherish you so deeply just so you know uh, thank you so much i feel the same way about you i think your show is great i think you're a wonderful host i think the poetry is real sharp and in depth and deep i can hear the news and the excitement coming from the readers all the time you know and i appreciate that it helps me relax and focus in on uh, whatever it is I got going on. So I, I love to listen. And uh, I thank you just as much, Nyla. Well, we appreciate you, honey. What are you going to share with us tonight on this amazing got, occasion of calling in this? Okay, I got two short ones I've been working on. The first one is called Kamikaze, and the second one is called Finally the Lovely. Far away and long ago, the while before, that old way back where we in, I suppose. It could be now. Right about there, life would make me smile. The headline, a nationwide special report has me in its sight, and the bad news froze me solid, hypernated in the depths of the pure chaos surrounding us. Touches touched me deep inside, then insisted on my obligation to die, to not change my mind. And through the precepts and growth of a while ago, the confidence in an unknown glow, and my smile broke through. Not even an abstract of kamikaze lives here anymore. And that wasn't too long ago. Breaking news in the thaws of meditation. My heart smiles. The glow of love and life. Kamikaze style. Okay. That was that piece. Called I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, go ahead. I want to interrupt you. Okay. Um, finally, the lovely. Is it not hell, and we're at the threshold of it? How can life be so close to death or death to life and still be so precious and far from comfort? What paradox in paradigm shifting? Both is which and which is all of the both of them. One is not independently indefinite anymore. Or is this hell? They're at the threshold of it. Interest. Where's we are? What a dramatically ravishing display of conflicting temperance and contradiction. Occidents collide with the clairvoyance before the obvious clearances intended. 
He just won't conceal his comely portions. And my strength, he eats at the core of that love comes from. Well into the soul of the broken heart. And by no means an ancient or accident at all. But ah, finally, the lovely. That's my piece. Finally, the lovely. Ah, finally, the lovely. Well into the soul of the broken heart, and by no means an accident at all. But ah, finally, the lovely. That is beautiful. You know, this is why it's a crime against humanity that you don't read all the time. <laughs> well, Just so you know. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I, see, I wrote a couple short pieces, and I just held them back. You know, I say these might be nice. You know, they might enjoy this. I do. Absolutely. It just gives a little insight into uh, into the poet a little bit. So. But that'll be all for me. And um, this is Raymond Bentley. You can find me on Facebook. And um, hope to see you guys next week. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I am absolutely tickled that you were able to call in and you shared tonight. Thank you, Nyla. You're very welcome. Appreciate you. And uh, again, you know, every time I see you there, just just know that I see you. Okay. Okay. I know you're there, and I appreciate you. All righty. All right, honey. Likewise. Good night, all. Mr. Raymond Bentley. All right, next caller, 779. You are on the air. Nyla, it's your Annabelle. Annabelle, I love you. Hello. Hi, How is I've my daughter? You. How's, my, how's my little girl? Oh, I've been better. I think I say that every time, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two pieces. They're both short. Um, going through a bit of trauma at the moment. My kitty cat, you know Caesar, um, he has uh, chronic kidney failure, and so it's it's hit me pretty hard. Um, so mm, the old piece is called Fighting with Pain, and the new piece doesn't have a title. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I can still feel the screams and hear the pain ripping through the seams. My nightmares sew themselves through every nerve, setting currents of memories to wash through like settling waves. There have been so many days that I find myself drowning beneath the incoming tide. Some days I have the strength to ride them out. Others, I can feel my feet sinking into the wet sand and I can't move fast enough, let alone stand. Where does my courage evaporate to? Sharp pulls from my soul, like lifted infected scabs 
that easy breathing I talk about is quickly gone and there's no loophole. And this end piece to fighting with pain. Wow. Very powerful, love. Very emotional. Very well written. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> um, the new piece, like I said, it doesn't have a title, so just go. This is my rainbow bridge. One more adventure beneath the sunshine. One more nap curled on my chest. One more promise that you'll always be mine. One more whisper. I'm doing my best. If I have to watch you go, I will carry you and never look ahead. I don't want you to know that tears stain my face instead of a smile you're worthy of. If I have to watch you go, I'm going to do it with nothing but love. One more day, a moment to be okay. Another kiss from your nose to mine. Another moment for you to chase and play. One more day, one more time. I'm not done, peace. Mm, baby. I'm so sorry. I wish I could hug you right now. You know, I know that it's there really hard. are people out there that are going through losses like that and don't think that anyone understand. And you sharing something that vulnerable lets them know that there are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. He's he's my emotional support animal. He's not, he's not allowed to go, you know? <laughs> well... I I I know, I know. <laughs> I know that loss. You know, but just remember, sometimes we have to be strong for those that were strong for us, because we can't we can't always expect them to be that. It's not it's not fair. We have to we have to be their strength. You know. Yeah. So just just hold on to that fact that. You know, he gave everything to you and loved you and he or she. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a boy. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to gender assign. I don't know how sensitive they are. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, it's hard, and I understand. You know, I've, I've had a lot of pets over my life, but I had one. He didn't die. He was stolen. He mm-hmm. he was just flat out stolen, and that that's hard not knowing where you know, if if they, they, you know, if they know that he likes to go in and curl up in the bottom of your pants when you're sitting on the toilet and just sit there and look at you and, and yeah. you know, do, do, do they get <laughs> mad at him okay for doing all. that or you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> silly little things and and you know there's there's definitely that bond. I mean, people who understand that get it, and uh, you know, I think. I think your vulnerability is one of the things that that make you really, really good at what you do. And I know there's people out there that I was touched by that. I know there's people out there who were touched by that, who need that, who needed that, who needed to hear that released. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that helps somebody. I know it helped a little with me. It's just, it's still a bit 
fresh. Mhm. Yeah. I'm hugging you, hon. I know you are. <laughs> okay. All right. Give me a um, favor, honey. Tell everyone how they can yeah. come find you. Uh, you can get me on allpoetry.com forward slash scarlet letter. It's all one word. Perfect. Are you going to try to be here next week? I am trying. <laughs> I just got a new job, so here's hoping. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Mama. All right, sweetheart. Keep me posted. Let me know what's going on. I love you, sweetheart. I will. Love you, too. <laughs> Bye-bye, sweetie. Bye. I love it when she calls me Mama. All right. Next caller. Area code 506. You are on the air. Hello, how are you? Hey, sweetheart, I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. I got a couple of poems here for you, and I think I'm going to speak to um, Martin Luther King's birthday. Although it's past, Mm -hmm. I feel it's important, if I may. Please, yes. Uh, The first one is called um, We Are the Hope. And there's a quote from King that says, If we are to have peace on earth, our loyalties must transcend our race, our tribe, our class, and our nation. And this means we must develop a world perspective. Looking through glasses of rose at a time when the world was less mean, peace was a word with strength and poise. Today there is no such thing. His choir of thoughts are implanted. His chorus of thoughts are implanted into each newborn babe. The world would soon be enchanted with bouquets of having a dream. Country to country across many seas, I travel to tell of this news. China's communist government falls. Democracy finally rules. To Africa where famine abounds and water is scarce to drink, where wars are fought and children starve and women live on the brink. Mothers proclaim king's words will reign in our children and life will abound. No more murder or rape, no sorrow to sing. Dr. King's choir is now world-renowned. We are the hope. The dream was king's of harmony and love he preached. All voices now in unison sing. Peace on earth is finally reached. End poem. Wow. Now, things like, I hear things like this, and it really makes me, you know, I don't know how to explain to people more that it, how important it is for us to write things of our times, write the things that we see, write the things that we believe, you know, that we live through. You know, like everyone's so bitchy about this pandemic thing but it's like this is our this is what we're living through this this is our hand we've been dealt in history this is what we're living through this is our time this is part of our story yeah you know so instead of bitching let's just get on with the living oh uh, uh, through it you know but 
I hear things that are written. I hear things that, you know, you know, like that piece that you just shared. That is that is the truth of a generation in the tongue of the common man or woman. You know, it's, it's so you true. Know. And I was really uh, a young teenager um, when Martin Luther was um, murdered, and all the march. I remember watching it on the news as I was glued to. Uh, the TV when it came to these kinds of social, civil rights type of activities, and I remember having. I remember. Here's the feeling I remember the most: is like we're we're just a, you know a a pinch away from real from this reality. We were so close to having that peace and harmony. I remember the thousands and thousands of people that marched, and. Everybody wanted to love each other. It was such a, a, a wonderful thing, and that, that there was that, oh my God, we're going to make it hope, you know. And then he died, and I, I saw and have been watching how all of his work, maybe not all of it, but what he did to inspire so many thousands of people to unite has disappeared because now there's so much. My second poem is is touching on the reality of his dream and what happened. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I read it on this show or not, but I'm going to read it again in light of his birthday. And if you define dream, it is a state of mind characterized by abstraction and release from rea- reality. To dream something better. He had a dream. He tried to release from reality. We believed him. We believed it could be done. The dream could come true. A utopia of love, nirvana. I believed it could be achieved. We wanted better. We needed better. Dream, we were told. We altered our state of mind to embrace, to enhance the dream. We made love, protested war. We came together black and white. We were family, Asian, indigenous, and everyone in between. We were paradise. We were a revolution of love. He had a dream. I believed. I saw it just inches from fruition. Excitement flowed, joy worn on all faces. Music sang the dream. He was God's messenger, his soldier, a savior, too. It was hope. Yes, excitement flowed. Then his blood flowed. The war was over. Men came home to nothing. Soldiers still do. Blood is shed for nothing. Lives are lost for nothing. Don't speak to me about patriotism and fighting for your country. Your country turned its back on them when they all came home. Bullshit. War is bullshit, and young men and women are paying with their lives, their minds, and with broken bodies. Where is the dream for them? Where is the dream? Nothing has has been learned. Nothing. And darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King, Jr., It is utter darkness. Love is gone. It's caught the last train out, just like the song. 
hate prevails, prejudice, white on black, black on white, Asians, indigenous, people in all nations, one against the other. Hate lives, it is destroyed, the dream. In poems. Wow, that was really powerful. See, think about it. In 200 years from now, 300 years from now, 500 years from now, your words could still be around. Can yeah. be a voice of a generation, a voice of a time. And I always say, you know, like I said earlier, it's important that we write our own history. If we don't write our own history, people, and find a way to preserve it, if you have not planted a poetry time capsule somewhere yet, make that your New Year's resolution. Yeah, you know, do do a this is my time poetry time capsule and put things in there, your voice, your ideas, your observations, what you believe, and go hide it out there somewhere in the world for future generations to find. You know, be that voice in the future. Be your own mortality or mortality or immortality. <laughs> be yeah. your own immortality, you know, and 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 tell the truth. If we don't tell our own truth, then we leave it up to the people who have something to to hide, gain, or benefit in its telling. We can't leave history to be told by the ones who have something to profit from it. Yeah. So, fantastic job. Both pieces, I think, are incredible, important, powerful, and I am blessed to have heard them tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, sweetheart, tell everyone how they can find you. You can find me on Facebook as Andrea Wheaton and on allpoetry.com under Lady A. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you. Appreciate you so much. Really, really powerful job tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, and we will talk to you next week. Yes. Thanks, hon. Night-night. All right. We have one more caller left for the evening. We have area code 419. We are at the end of the We are broadcasting still. Uh, we're good. 419, you are on the air. Hey, Nala. Always my last dance of the night, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, I know who she's going home with, guys. Folks, I I get to be the last dance. (laughs) Maybe maybe next time I come on, I'll play that song. Play the last last dance for me. I I think there was a song about that one time. You know, save the last dance for me or, you know, late woman in red. You know, I get the last dance. I don't remember what it was, but, yeah. Yeah. So, how's your week been? What did you bring with us? How are you going to close out our show, hon? Uh, that week's been good. How about yours? It's been exciting. Tomorrow tomorrow is my Merry Christmas, Merry Happy Everything Day because it's been snowing okay. here and it's been being put off and held off. So, my tree's still up and tomorrow's Santa, tonight's Santa's coming and, and I'm real excited. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, this, this, yeah. So it's okay. good. I'm excited. All right. Cool. So. 
All right, so I, 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 I was, I've got a couple. Um, I may have read it before. I was, the last minute, trying to rush back here to make sure I got on. So uh, I just grabbed a couple of poems. Um, um, the first one is entitled, uh, It Just Got Old. We wrote poetry to each other. We danced, we kissed, we touched. We talked about past lives that we shared. How we fared in the face of contempt to our differences. And I thought that we were exempt from the distorted predictions of bias, disguised as moral convictions. Restrictions I thought would be not because I believed you when you told me that you were real. And the growing love that I had for you made me feel you could be trusted. I opened up my heart to you and bore my soul. That's about shit that I had hidden inside of me for years. Shed tears I didn't even know I could. Stood by you when no one else would. Watch the falling star we went closest to you say goodbye. Wiped the tears from your eyes and caressed your loss. You asked me to cross my heart that I would always make sure that you were okay and each day that was my vow yet still somehow that was not enough. You wanted more than I could give. A lifestyle that I that I could not live. Never suspecting that Judas lived inside of you. I made excuses for the way that you treated me. The pain you caused impeded me. Distorted my balance and took me out of sync. And on the brink of a breakdown, I realized that you had made a mockery of a lo- out of a love that I thought was twofold. You denied me three times before the cock crowed. So I took a deep breath, packed up my heart, and said, fuck this shit. It just got old. And Paul. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. I, I can't even tell you how much I love it. <laughs> I kind of like it, too. <laughs> uh, okay. So this next one is, uh, I met, this is something I may have read uh, also. It's relatively new. It's called Something About You. I knew from the beginning there was something about you. Something angelic that I wanted to shout to. Heavenly, I thought, as I watched you walk by, wondering if you had noticed square my eye. Glory, I thought, such beauty to behold. As my mind winded off to stories untold. I imagined the thrill of the touch of your lips, the hypnotic suggestions of the sway in your hips, the warmth I would feel quivering in your arms, how quickly I was becoming a victim of, of your charms. And I thought, if only I could get a chance to know you, as my mind created a melody of the love I would show you. See, I knew from the beginning there was something about you, something ange- angelic that I wanted to shout to. And now each morning I wake up, it's like a new start of the song you created through the beat of my heart and poem. That was beautiful. Like talk about two two completely different ends of the candle burning on those two poems. <laughs> yes. It's like, come here, let me what? grab you by the hair and shake you around a bit but now 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 I'll pat you on the head and tell you it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was yes. incredible. Both reads awesome, sweetheart. What a fantastic way to end out the show. Thank you. Um, You're very welcome. Hi. 
So, you know the drill. You know what you got to do now. Uh, okay. Um, you can you can you can reach me on um, um, on Facebook on All Poetry and on YouTube under Melvin D. Johnson. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Fantastic Thank read, you. honey. Both of them. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. All right, everyone. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm really glad that you guys hung out with us tonight. It was a fantastic show. We will be back next week, same time, on Thursday. And I promise I will get some sleep before then, so I'm not all there. (laughs) And uh, I just appreciate you hanging with me tonight. Love you guys. Watch for the uh, watch for the fundraiser stuff for this year's broadcasting license coming up soon. If you have any questions on that, shoot me an email, and I will let you know uh, what's going on with that. If you didn't catch the homework and writing assignments and all that, go back and listen to the first of the show. You'll catch those on there. And have fun. We'll see you next week. I'm going to close the show with a track this week. Uh, by, oh, who should we do? Eeny, meeny, my screen's locked up. This is me. This is me. Uh, winging it for a minute. Okay, so I am going to close the show with a piece by uh, Cassandra D. Alba. It's called Empty Spaces, and we will see you guys next week. Good night, everyone. When he bleeds out rainwater through your cupped hands, like the worst kind of prey, Try not to remember the look on that parking lot above his shoulders the day you first met. How it glimmered just for you, eyes gasoline rainbows in a world of cigarette butts and crushed cans. You were the kind of girl. Mothers have to pull into supermarkets both hands because all you want to do is drink puddles of polluted water until you shine like that. Mommy, ten more seconds, Mommy. Just a taste you have joined the army of heads down dull pennies no one wants to pick up because no one wants your kind of luck. You just dropped your heart on the sidewalk. Watch someone else walk off with it. The last time you kiss him, you will not know it is the last time, so you will not understand why when you close your eyes, and see yourself back home at that gas station off the highway with some farmer's family plot adrift in the corner, gravestones leaning against the air pumps. You will not understand that it is not easy to love someone like you. You label on a broken beer bottle trying to hold all these sharp edges in your soft body, you single glove curling itself against the imprint of damp gravel kissing concrete. Like it might someday learn to love you back, you need to remember. Not to look for arcs of color in the dirty puddle of his face. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.